Cheerio, and welcome to our fourth edition of Flicks and a Whisk, the classier, more refined cousin of Flicks and a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Alessandro Biolsi. With me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the high magistrate, Anthony Casanto. Say hello, chap. Job dive show. On this week's episode, we'll be incorrectly predicting this year's Oscar winners, but first, what are we drinking? Mm. Hello, chap. I've got myself some Nicholas bourbon. <laughs> I, I usually don't take it past the intro. I didn't expect you to keep going. I didn't know what... I actually panicked. I didn't know what to do. I, I, couldn't, I, I didn't know what was expected. I, I don't know what to do with my voice. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I was just not prepared for you to say that in that voice, so I did not understand a single word you said. <laughs> Same. Uh, I am drinking a Michter's Small Batch Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. That sounds like a delightful choice. I'm drinking Hudson Whiskey's Backroom Deal, which is a New York straight rye whiskey finished in peated scotch barrels. You know what I have to say about that? What? Nice. Um, mine is distilled in small batches according to the Michter's pre-Revolutionary War quality standards dating back to 1753. That goes all the way around the bottle. <laughs> I don't Jeez. know if you saw me turning it. Um, well, I saw you. I couldn't. You were like, the bottle was slightly out of camera view, but I could tell you were like looking at it dramatically. So I couldn't tell if you were trying to like, if it was like that beer from a few weeks ago where it was on the shiny can where I couldn't. <laughs> I had to like so really. Shiny. I was like changing the angle to get the words to like manifest. I didn't know if that's what you're doing or if you were rotating the bottle or what. Um, I have a little bit before we get into the tastings of these. Um, Cause we're, I'm going to talk about this whiskey a bit more um, later on, mm. but I have tasting notes from their website as well as what's on the bottle here. Oh, okay. So as bold as New York, this is Hudson whiskey is in Tuttletown, which uh, distillery which is in Gardner, New York, which is 40-ish minutes from where I live. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and we'll talk about it later in consumption. I made a little visit there. I think I mentioned to you, I don't remember mm-hmm. if it was on air or off air, but I mentioned to you last week. Oh, no, it was when we were playing Halo, I think, Yeah. Um, that uh, I was going there. So uh, we'll talk about that uh, during consumption. But as bold as New York, welcome to New York. It's a city that's bold yet refined, artful and unapologetic. That same attitude seeps into our spirits. New York State ingredients meeting New York City ingenuity for rich grain-forward flavor. Backroom deal. We send our ex-bourbon barrels across the Atlantic where they're used to age peated whiskey, then emptied and returned to our distillery where we fill them up again with straight rye whiskey. There's nothing sinister about it. It's just how the world works. A bit of smoke, a bit of spice. Good enough to seal the deal. I mean... Everything about what you said sounds like this is probably one of my favorite whiskeys. <laughs> well, funny that you should mention that because another whiskey that we tried from Hudson Whiskey is called This Is Your Favorite Whiskey. <laughs> now, I don't have that one. They got us. My brother's got that one. He bought that one when we were there. Um, but uh, it's aged a minimum of three years, 95% rye, 5% malted barley, 46% alcohol by volume. Um the tasting notes are on the nose, smoke, brown sugar, and apricot. Ooh. On the palate, peat, black pepper, and vanilla bean. The finish is long, balanced, and sweet. Perfect pairings 
The backroom deal artfully combines two iconic whiskey styles, Scotch and American Rye. The balance between smoky peat and spicy rye sets up this whiskey as a perfect pairing with smoked brisket, dark chocolate, or your favorite cigar. Hmm. All right. I mean, that sounds delightful. And you just opened this, right? Yeah. I mean, I got to try this, yeah. but this is the first time I'm opening this bottle I bought. Very nice. Um, you're going to have to bring some of that to me. Uh, <laughs> so on well, this I'm going to see you on Sunday. So That's right. On this bottle... Uh, this can't be right, but it says Michter's batch number 2,212,962. Could that be? I mean, it might not be of just that series, but of total yeah. barrels? Yeah, why not? A lot of glass bottles. All right, so what do we have here? It says US Star 1. I don't know what that is on their whatever. I'm not sure. It's a giant print on their bottle. Small batch, Kentucky bourbon. Uh, Kentucky straight bourbon. We are proud to offer you our small batch bourbon. In the Michter's tradition, hailing from one of America's first whiskey distilleries, this bourbon is made from highest quality American corn and matured to the peak of perfection in hand-selected charred white oak barrels. It is Standard, then classic. further mellowed by our signature filtration. Nice. Um, I think that is one of the things that I do appreciate uh, about Michter whiskeys. They are... What the standard the right filtration level of mellow, like they are, like you can, they're very easily, yeah, the standard filtration. They're <laughs> they're very drinkable. Um, yes, they don't like you know they're not. It's like there's no burn or anything at all. But like there's all of the flavors really come through. Yes, and uh, that's been consistent of all of the bottles that I've had from them. And I, they're just, I think I they are my absolute go to for if I want a whiskey of any sort. That they are also one of mine when you. When you like match quality to price point, I yeah, enjoy. For sure. In particular, I, I gravitate towards the rye, but yes, I, oh, yeah, I, I enjoy the rye, the the bourbon. That their their rye is absolutely clutch. I uh, I will be drinking this out of a Glen Karen glass. Oh, nice! Um, I'm... It is my first whiskey live glass. Oh, I uh, don't remember if I ha- no, I have a different one from them. I think. You have the the short stumpy one. I have got yeah. that too. Yeah, I am drinking mine out of my. Hudson whiskey glass, which nice. came with like the tasting package that I did. So. That's cool. I was torn between using my whiskey live glass and my Batman whiskey glass that has my name on it. Oh, <laughs> that was a Christmas gift one year, and I love it. Nice. I would imagine uh, so. Shall we give our whiskeys a taste? Yes, please. Cheers. Ooh, <laughs> it sounds so nice. Oh God. Hmm. The nose is quite lovely. <laughs> Did you, you sniff into the microphone? Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Somewhere someone was just like totally shivering with disgust. Mm. <laughs> ah, perfect as ever. Smooth. So much flavor. Man. I love it. So when we went for this tasting, they gave some coaching mm. into how to enjoy a whiskey tasting. They basically said to, you know, Kind of roll it back and forth along your palate. Not mm-hmm. swish, but just allow it to progress across your entire palate. What's cool about this one is you do get some of that sweet vanilla. And as you're really like sipping, and I think, let's say you're supposed to open your nose mm-hmm. all the way while also drinking, taking a sip. You get that that punch of spicy rye. Mm. 
and you almost feel the wave even after you've like sipped and swallowed it, of the smoke kind of materializing towards the back of the palate. Cool. It's kind of an adventure. Yeah, I, I I love I love reading like different ways of going about it. Um, learning how to like kind of smell it with your mouth open and using the right glass helps too. Like to get the flavor almost on the nose is nice. And then doing some of those various tasting techniques. I think one of the one of my favorite pieces of advice that I had gotten was, you know, do the step of 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 breathing it in, doing the first sip, following you know your standard st- steps of you know, like rolling it around and tasting it and then ignore that one and do it again. <laughs> because because ultimately it's like going to tame everything that's going on in your mouth first and then you'll taste it the second time. Yeah. It's kind of like when like certain like cooking things, like you're supposed to like add like something hot to like a pan and then like let it come back up before you put the rest of it because of the temperature shock. Yep. Yeah. But in this case, it's the flavor of whiskey, not a temperature. Shock. Yeah. Mouth shock. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love a good, I love a good whiskey. I don't really have anything else to say about this one. I mean, a Michter's is all around wonderful. Like, I, they're two thumbs up consistently. Like, I don't... Four thuckles. <laughs> <laughs> That's very. I just somewhere on a label, a Victor's label somewhere. Four thuckles as reviewed by. <laughs> if we can get onto like flicks and a whiskey, wh- wh- whiskey, whiskey advocate or something like that. That's right. <laughs> flicks and a whiskey. There's four that's, episodes of it. <laughs> Once every year, or sometimes two or three. Bonus. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I really, really enjoy the the shit out of this whiskey. It, uh, it's definitely a three or four fuckle job. So nice, nice. That's awesome. All right, so obviously we do things a little differently here. We're going to start mm-hmm. with a quick new from Anthony, and then we're going to do kind of our consumption from the last couple of weeks because we unexpectedly missed last week before jumping into just kind of a general discussion of the major Oscars categories now that we've seen a bunch of the movies, what we think about them, what we think maybe we would pick to win, or if we have an inclination as to what we think will win, but, you know, et cetera, so on. Um, I have a, when we get to that area, I've got I've got a little something to layer on this year. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, sticking kicking us off with our with our single new of the week. Uh, a few weeks back, or last week, or whenever it was, we talked about Star Wars and how we are ready for it to return to theaters. Right, we're ready for that that next Star Wars movie, wherever it may be, whatever it may be about. We're ready for it. Um. And then we're hoping that maybe we'll get something, some some tease, some nod, a title maybe, a hint. I like Star Wars Celebration or something like that. Yeah. That's, that, that's our hopes and dreams, right? Uh, I was scrolling through some news stories uh, a little bit earlier today to find that Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie is canceled. Really? Canceled. Yep. Huh. Um, so that's, that's not in the running anymore. And I was like, damn. And then also they have a proposed date of i think we probably discussed this before but their proposed date for their next star wars movie is december 2025 yeah right i'm really so surprised that they're just outright can't i mean i don't know if it's just like he's like this is taking too long i don't want to do it but like that doesn't know. really make a lot of sense i mean it seemed like he was super excited for that and like yeah he's got a lot of marvel stuff but i i would think they could just back burner that it's not like they've announced it or cast it or anything like that yeah i i found it odd uh i'm just like 
I, I do feel like this is going to be it's it's not like it's not great considering that I would assume like that one was probably going to be like maybe pushed towards being the next one that is released. Um, so like if they're still going to try to hit that December date with another movie, are they ready to do that? Are I mean, there's no way for us to guess what could be first or last or whatever, because there's n- nothing officially on the slate. There's nothing. Officially I'm more on. figured that he has that tap into Disney already and how they run things and how things get produced and the ball gets rolling and the projects get going and how they, you know, get, get off the ground. So he had, you know, he already has his foot in the door with them that I assumed that maybe his would be more likely to come out first. I just figured it was the one that was most likely to exist to happen <laughs> whenever that would be the case. Like, you yeah. know, there's the flexibility to make it whenever, but you would think that that would be the one that, you know, his good, his goodwill within the company should be such that they would prioritize doing it whenever and however it it was going to happen you know yeah well anyway that was that was the news so like i am still hopeful that we get something some sort of tease i definitely definitely sat and thought about it for a while of what like december 25 looks like and it it's 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 out there yeah it turns out it's almost three years away yeah that so that's that kind of hurts but at the same time that is a lot of time to get to get it right. Yeah. So on the other hand, like considering again, we don't have anything official. Right. That's like the earliest you could expect them to be able to make a whole movie. Right. So, but so here's my main concern though: is if we don't get some sort of, not I'm not expecting like a tease of like you know like footage, a visual tease of the movie or anything like that, but like some information about what they're doing for the next movie when it's taking place. What a general idea of the stories. How about this? How about this? A title, a plot, and maybe a couple of your key actors and actresses. That would be great. Um, if they don't give that to us this year, though, there's not something's not, I just, I just doubt something's coming out in December of 25. Yeah. No, that's a right. reasonable, it's a reasonable assumption. Well, so that was a bummer. Um, but actually there is a star Wars new, right? You sent it to me earlier today. Star Wars yeah. movie is coming out. Oh my god, I forgot all about that. So when you started talking, like when you said it beforehand, I was like, yeah, it doesn't ring a bell. Then when you started talking, I was like, oh wait, he's going to talk about the thing he sent me today. <laughs> and then you <laughs> forgot the thing that I you sent me today. Wow, that's like relearning about that <laughs> from this morning, which was very exciting. Uh, so a documentary will be releasing on how did this happen with regards to the Star Wars holiday special, which I am so Oh, interested in. At first, I had to double check that it was the first week of March and not the first week of April. I was like, this, because I saw it was an IGN. I was like, this wasn't an April Fool's IGN. I absolutely thing, was went through the entire, the, that that whole experience. I had that as well. I was like, this isn't real, right? This is a joke. <laughs> it's not because I don't want it, but because I just didn't believe it was real. Yeah. I love the way they clipped together, like, people talking about it. And like, Which was part of why I thought it was fake. <laughs> Like, although they, I mean, they got them, they got some heavy hitters, like yeah, for that documentary. I mean, also like, there's a couple of people in there that like, like Seth Green. It's like, yeah, we know he's a, a mega Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. but then you had like Paul Shear and Gilbert Gottfried, and I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did yeah. not expect to see them in this for, for sure. <laughs> I when that clips. was recorded because it must have been a while ago. Yeah, actually, it's funny. Um, uh, I was off for a couple of days and I was, I caught up on the last few weeks of like new family guys. 
And one of them, they did, they had a character voiced by Gilbert Gottfried. And I was like, hmm. hang on a second. Was this actually a new episode or was this one from a couple years ago? And then at the end of the episode, it said like in loving memory of Gilbert Gottfried. So like they had clearly recorded it, it with it him. The can. Yeah, like yeah. probably <laughs> roughly a year ago and just right. didn't actually put out that episode until like whatever it was last week or two weeks ago or something like that. Um, and obviously he had passed away within, I want to say maybe six months ago or something like that, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, that's uh, That'll be interesting to watch. And obviously it has a uh, it has strong ties to this show. Um, yes, check out our uh, untitled, unnumbered holiday episode. with Which clearly feature. should have been titled Whisk Whiskster. <laughs> whip. Whip whip. No, whip. Oh, well, because we're with yeah. I believe the 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 um the beer for that was Fear Movie Lions, right? Yeah, that's right. I I uh I don't know if we discussed this when we had that beer, but I saw it again. I saw it in the store recently, and ah. I was like, oh, I thought that was just kind of like a small thing that they did. Um, I don't think it's a thing they do all the time. I, I had the impression it was, if not a one-off, then maybe a periodic release. Did we discuss at all why it had such a funky name? I mean, I'm sure we talked about it when we did the episode. Because hmm. I don't remember this. And then I was, but when I saw it in the store, what had caught my eye was that it was FML. And I don't think we discussed that part of it. <laughs> no, I think we talked about it a okay. bit. And I, cause I think, didn't it come in like a cardboard box or something like that? Like, didn't we have the box? I don't remember. Like, read it and read what was on the can and talk about it a little bit. It, it, it may have been. I don't remember I, all the details, but I remember us talking about it for a couple minutes. I, I, re, I relearned. I, I've, I've come to realize, um, I was talking to a buddy of mine about retention uh, at, at this point in my life. And um, I do not remember a lot of details about, like, I remember the bullet points, right? Of a lot of, Because, like, I feel like you're experiencing so much all of the time. But I remember bullet points, and it's the details that I lose. I don't really lose them on movies. I still hold on to those, uh, I guess, just from the practice of watching them for so long. Uh, but for, like, everything else, I'm just like, did we talk about this? Who was in that? What is that person's name? I don't <laughs> Like, none of that is. I can. I, in, I have a mind picture of the person, but that's that's about it. <laughs> you have a head movie of the person? Yeah, so I, that's why I was like, I, uh, there's also a part of me that was like, we did the beer, right? We, we didn't just have it once and talk about it we did it on the show <laughs> so i tend to have like uncommon retention of like pretty much all conversations i have mm. but weirdly i it's probably the density of the conversation that we do on the show a lot of times i forget some of the details on the show yeah because the density yeah the time of day it's a density and it's how Tired and so, yeah, sometimes yeah. The, pres- the presence of slightly too much alcohol that mm. will muddy up the picture for the show. But every once in a while, I'll like go back. I don't usually listen to like whole episodes that we've done in the past, but sometimes I'll go back to refer to certain things that we do in like news and nuggets or consumption. If I'm if I'm looking for something before I add it to my next week's notes and all that, um, and I'll be like, oh, I totally forgot that we talked about this. But then before it gets to that part, I'll remember the whole rest of it. Like it like jogs my memory. It's it's in there. But the density of it, like it needs, it's like a, a zipped file that needs to be unzipped. Yeah, that's that's fair. Like I can, I can, I can reconstruct it with enough poking and prodding. <laughs> but it's like basically only stuff that we do on the show like this, like yeah. stuff from work and like social stuff. Like again, unless I'm like been drinking and I'm like like ass drunk. But like if I'm just like regular old 
situation conversations, I have like an uncanny retention for so much of it going back years and years and years and years. Um, but weirdly the show, like I said, it just must be the density of how much just you and I are talking for two or three hours straight that it gets crammed into a, a space that I can't like just like randomly access it. You may have about two years left of holding on because this is only something I'm noticing recently because <laughs> I used to be like that. <laughs> All I can tell you is what's happening in two years, <laughs> two years and or the birth of a child. That's right. That's right. Oh man. Should we do some, is that it for news then? Uh, well, one, I have one other one. Um, did you watch that trailer I sent you yesterday or the day before? I I might've just missed it. Okay. I sent you, I, I think it was yesterday evening. Um, you don't have to watch it now. We can talk about it next week or whatever. Um, but the trailer for a movie that's coming out on Apple, it's Chris Evans and Ana de Armas. And yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't watch it. I apologize. Okay. It's called ghosted. That would have been really funny though. If I then, if I looked at it and went, yes. And I could remember everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie called ghosted. And what the, it was almost like an episode of family guy where like, they show you like a premise and then like the movie is about something totally different, but it just required the premise to hand it off. And it's like, it has nothing to do with any of it. Like it's, Amazing. Um, and it's basically like the two of them have kind of a meet cute, go on a date. She doesn't respond to his texts, even though like they seem to have really hit it off. And yeah. then surprise, she's like an international assassin or something of like that. She is. <laughs> Why wouldn't she be? Right. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I recommend you watch the trailer. It looks cool. ridiculous. It'll probably be fun. It'll probably be stupid. I'll check that out. Yeah. Um, what have you been consuming in the last two weeks? I'm glad you handed it to me to kick this off. Al, I'm not sure if you've heard about it. Oh, God. But I started playing this game. Okay. Called Vampire Survivor. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I not only have I never heard of this game before. <laughs> But I've never heard of vampires nor survivors in my life. <laughs> Sorry, we we kept we kept that bit going on for so many episodes. I had to be make it more dramatic each time. <laughs> I uh, I actually haven't played Vampire Survivors since the last time we talked. So, um, but I did watch Force Awakens uh, after you had told me that you were watching. You sat down. You watched all three of the late trilogy. Yep. Um, I was like, man, that sounds like a great time. Yeah, you texted me randomly Friday night, Saturday night? Yeah. Hey, the oh, Force Weekends is pretty good. <laughs> it's it's like... excellent. And I, I'm watching it. I'm watching this movie and I'm like, there is there is too much negativity around that trilogy. And we talked a little bit about this last time too. If you just stop and put it on again, it's great. It's so much fun. Like it it's Star Wars. It's what I want. And I the Force Awakens is fantastic. I don't care. I don't care if it's a requel. I don't care. Like, it doesn't... That's not surprising. Like, <laughs> it's, it's so many years later. Like, of course, like they managed to tell a new story while telling the same story and doing it with all great performances and a new style. Like, it's awesome. It's... And it introduces, like, this new... It, if you when you go back and you watch that, it's like it's fun to realize how that ushered in the entire new age of Star Wars, and that's it's just so cool, and it's super captivating. The performances are great. The story is is 
is good, but that's pretty much the max on most Star Wars stories anyway. Yeah. And, man, I just... I, 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 I want to just go back to appreciating and loving Star Wars movies and watching them over and over again. And I mean, I knew I you were there with me when, when we talked about it a few weeks ago, and um, I'm glad to to see that yeah. you know, you've been able to feel and experience it for yourself. It's just so fun. <clears throat> that's just like like little things, too. Like, that's not how the Force works, and BB-8 giving a thumbs up. Like, little things like that that stick with you, like that are just really uh, just super charming. And yes. they nailed it. It's... I love it. Good. Now I want to watch the rest of them. <laughs> I did put on, uh, after I finished that movie, I did put on um, Rise of Skywalker because I've seen The Last Jedi over and over again. And I haven't, I don't think that I've watched Rise of Skywalker since it was released on. So it's been, it's been a minute. Okay. Um, and I had only gotten a little bit into it because I, I, I mean, I put it on at like 1130 and I, I, I obviously I wasn't going to get that far, but uh, the, the title crawl is a bit dramatic. It is, you the know, dead, the dead speak. But like the opening is actually pretty. Although I gotta, I gotta be honest. If we're talking about dramatic ones, one of my probably my favorite one, at least like how it starts, is episode three because it literally just starts with the word "war!" Exclamation point. War. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, okay, yeah, we're we're in the Clone Wars now. Like we are in war. Yeah, that's. Accurate. <laughs> so, true. so true. But uh yeah, I'm looking forward to get back back to that. Um I just I love I love Star Wars. I love it. it makes me feel nice. I love People Star talking Wars. shit about it makes me feel bad. I don't like that. And again, that is not saying that you can't have constructive criticism because no. there are plenty of valid criticisms. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between valid criticisms and even, you know, taking the piss out of it a little bit and you know, bitching about it. But there's also like a certain point with with Star Wars or property like that. Like valid criticism, sure. As a film, valid criticisms, I get it. But then as Star Wars, it's like pretty par for the course. Like, like that's just how they are. And it's and that's okay too. Which was kind of my overriding thesis. Yeah. To an extent. Yeah. Anyway, I had a great time with that. Good. Speaking of games. Hmm. That you may or may not have heard of. Hogwarts Legacy. So I. Yes, I'm in. So what had happened was. You see what had happened was. um, (laughs) Like a week after. The like. We really talked about it. uh, Dominic texted me and said. Because me and him both have our own Xboxes. In our respective living quarters. But we share an Xbox Live account. So he's like, hey, do you want to like go 50-50 on buying, downloading Hogwarts Legacy? Because one purchase price, we can both download. It's all cloud, all that fun stuff. Gotcha. So I was like, okay, you know what? Now I have no excuse. If he's going to buy half of it, then yeah, let's do it. Um, so he's actually out of town for a few weeks. But I got a snow day last week from work. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, once I did all the things I was going to do for the day, I was like, well, that, even before I was like, oh, you know what? Got up. I'm off from work. Let me download it now. So it's all ready for me by the time. Cause it's like going to take, I don't know, two hours to download or something like that. Hour and a half, something like that. So <clears throat> set that all up, did all the, the shoveling, clearing off the cars, got a little workout in nice, nice brunch, all that fun stuff. I was like, okay, we got a couple hours to do some Hogwarts legacy. 
let's create a character. I didn't really want to bother signing up for the whole online thing because they've got a decent enough car- like character creator within the game. Mm-hmm. Went in. Uh, so before I did it, I was reading into a little bit of stuff, like people talking about starting the game online, whatever. And they were right. talking about naming your character. You had mentioned a bit about how... Sorry, what was the name of your character again? I Aiden Clearwater. Aiden Clearwater. And how did you? what was your inspiration, did you say? I used an online Harry Potter name generator that you put your actual name into, and it it spits something out. That's right. So what I did was I was reading through and I was talking about what different people were using for like their inspiration for their names. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so some people were saying, oh, just pick a name of a character or combination of characters from the books or whatever. It's like, okay, that's not super interesting, whatever. Go with a name that's inspired by your name. I was like, okay, maybe we'll see where that, that leads us pick like a Greek or a Roman name. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a lot of them that are like names from, you know, or Arthurian legend, like, you know, cause there's a lot of Harry Potter names that are either the same or inspired by ancient Greek or Roman sure. or, you know, whatever <clears throat> types of names. So what I settled on was a hybridization of the, a name inspired by your own name slash something from like myth or ancient times so I picked an ancient Roman or Greek, I forget now, name, I think it's Roman, name that I thought kind of evoked my name. So first named Lysander. I think there was a, was it Midnight Summer's Eve, the Shakespeare story? That was one of the names of the characters. I think he was also like a Roman general in real life, something like that. I was like, okay, Alessandro, Lysander, close enough. Let's go with it, first name. And then I was like, for the last name, let's go through like, the Rolodex of Harry Potter names, like names from whether it be some, you know, history or one of the books or one of the movies. So my character's named Lysander Broadmoor. That is my character's name. Figured B, Bielsey, Broadmoor, why not? Sure. Nice. I thought you were going to do something like annoyingly like, short top like reverse of long bottom like just something <laughs> <laughs> no no i want to be like as if it could have been because there's a lot of characters you know that you see in the, the game that you recognize the last name they're clearly the ancestor of someone that you saw in the books or in the movies or whatever and it's like let's get something that's kind of in the spirit of I, that i like that a lot and that makes me think so okay short short a uh, little aside here uh a character creator name picker thing like that that I, I could ruin my whole weekend. Like I, like I could be like prepared to play a game, and then I hit that screen, and I'm just absolutely crippled, and I have no idea what to do, and I spend too much time on it, and then I never play the game. I just give up. So like no, that. if I, if it took me if it took me more than five minutes to think about it, I would have just put my name in there. So I, I I messed around with it for like five minutes while I was doing something else, and I was inspired by that. I was like, let's do it, ready to go. I kind of gave him a, I gave my character a little bit of, I, I think I did a decent job of making the, the face look kind of sort of like a video game version of my face from my high school age, but with like my current hair, basically. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's good. I'm a Ravenclaw. So that's, that's fun. I wanted oh. love Griffin, love Gryffindor, but I was like, you know what? Let me try something else. Um, well, you're in my house. That's, I mean, Ravenclaw for life. Uh, that's right. I forgot about that. But yeah, I figured so Slytherin's tend to be pricks, although surprisingly, maybe not in this era of the game because... Uh, yeah, that Slytherin name? guy's pretty nice. Yeah, was Sebastian, right? Yeah. He seems like a cool dude. Was like, oh, yeah. yeah that's pronounced right. 
Uh, that's right. Um, and even the couple of other people that you run into so far, like Slytherin, and I'm very early in the game, I was like, oh, wow, no one here is just a raging asshole for no reason. Yeah. Like, at all, let alone just, like, all maybe, of the Slytherins. Maybe so the cool. headmaster. Unclear. <laughs> yeah, at this point, maybe. Um, and considering he's a black, like, we know that Sirius's family has like ancestors were basically all pricks, so that's not surprising. But I think that has more to do with the family than the house. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I like this concept of, uh, of of trying to name. I think in hindsight, like if I next time I do a character creator, I think I might try to go the same route. So I got a first name, but I need a last one. So the first name so was you Erasmus. Could, you could have gone like Antonius something. No, I'd go. I would go Erasmus, and the reason being is my. Middle name is Edward, which they mm. thought was a translation, an American translation of my grandfather's name. Okay. Which, is, which it is not. Okay. Um, <laughs> but Erasmus would have been. So that, I think that's a pretty cool name. Okay. So I would yeah, do that, that but I don't know what I would pick for a last name. Well, that's what I'm saying. You, you know, I, I would start with last name C, you know, and, and sure. like, and then find another like obscure. Clearwater. <laughs> Well, you know, a, a more a more fun one that's maybe obscure or whatever. Sure, but uh, yeah, no, it's fun. I I've played I don't know maybe three or four hours. Um, I, I don't know how long you've played. Not sure. Um, I will say basically the, like what I got up to is my first official visit to Hogsmeade. Okay, yeah, that that was fun. Um, and then I think like at the did end of it, did you do the Hogsmeade stuff and get back to the castle? Yeah, I did the whole Hogsmeade okay. stuff arrived back at the castle and like that was I was playing it for like half an hour last night so like that was where I finished was just when I got back to the castle cool I uh I think last I was in there I joined the dueling club because it was part of a mission I did that and then um got into the library and I'm I'm breaking into the restricted section currently oh okay so yeah you're a little bit ahead of me then I guess Probably not much. I think it's like the next main story mission. Okay, maybe, maybe two, but but it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun. The, the castle is overwhelming. I'm like I spent a good amount of time during like the first act, like wandering through whole sections of the castle. And I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna be instantly lost anywhere." I don't. The map is basically useless. I'm a little frustrated with that. Mm. Um, like meaning like when you open up like your actual map from like the field guide thing. Yeah, like it's fine for using the flu system, but beyond that, useless. otherwise, yeah, it's use- it is useless. I I agree, and I think that that's kind of I think that's kind of the idea because it's like either either travel to where close to where you're trying to be, or just walk around. But it like I think that having a useless map like that disincentivizes you exploring it on foot, which like you should use the flu stuff that's when, fair. when you want to. But you should be encouraged to walk around, and the longer you get into the game, the less you're going to want to walk around. Sure. Because you're just going to be like, okay, I've been walking around, I've been doing fetch quests, I've been doing whatever stuff. I just want to get where I want to go. And you'll probably miss stuff that way because at this point the castle is so big. And I don't have a problem with the castle's size if mm-hmm. you had a map that you could learn as you start to try and figure out where everything goes. But because of the nature yeah. of like the Hogwarts castle is kind of a mystical thing where it's like, sometimes staircases move and shit like that. And like, and I don't think that's really happening in the game, but like, it that's does. Like, oh, okay. So that, yeah. that, so that will make it actually unfortunate. And I think for doing a mission, it's great. Cause you can just hit like the up button on the D pad and it'll like give you a path to walk. But like that, I don't want to be handheld that way. I want to be able to choose my level of guidance. Gotcha. So I actually, I don't use the flute, the flu system. I use that. 
I use the guidance thing so that it turns on. But then you're just um, following the footsteps on your mini map. You're not looking around at what's around you. Oh, no. So if there's a button that you hit that there's actually a, a golden trail that's moving in front of you. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I'll use that so that I can, like, easily keep my character on track while looking around. And then, like, I'll break off and do something if I see something interesting. Yeah. I, to be fair, I, I've done that, too, because, yeah, like, the footstep thing simply help. But, like, I just find myself, like, looking down at the map, not looking at where I'm walking, you know? I missed opportunity to make that mini map the Marauder's map. Yeah, that too. Right? And like footsteps instead of gold docks. Like Although that. to be fair, the Marauder's map wouldn't have existed yet, so if you want to go canonically. Like, I guess. But like... To me, just give me a functional version of the map when I open the field guide. Because like a lot of the other stuff in there is useful, but like the map, not so much. And it's like, Yeah, that's true. That's true. Have you gotten into much customization of your character or anything like that? Um, not too much. I mean, I, you know, I started getting a bunch of like clothes and stuff to like put on. And like, obviously like all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, my like offense and defense like went dramatically up because I found a bunch of like cool shit. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But then it like, it just became too much on the character. So I like wouldn't customize just like a, a, a switch off like the glasses yes. and like stuff just so like I can like actually see my character's face I and all do, that. I do the same thing. I've got a really cool cloak that I use for all of my cloaks and I tend to change up the gloves because I've come across some interesting gloves. And those like gloves are less distracting to me than like the fact that you have like a hat, glasses and a scarf which has just like turned you into like yeah, a snowman. Well, <laughs> if I'm going to do a shady mission, I put my hood on. So that's funny, but that's like an interesting <laughs> sort of thing or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, other than that, like, um, I, I, I get a little thrown off sometimes with like the movement where like I'm trying to like walk and like it, it gates you on your speed, and you like can't break out of it. And if you try and sprint in close quarters, I get nauseous. But like oh, that's same. that's more of a user error thing. Yeah, th- there is there is something to be said about the there is like. It's definitely worse in the castle um, because of how tight it is. But there is... there is. I almost feel like there's something that could maybe be patched there. I don't quite know what the fix is, whether it's pulling the camera back, but that might break a lot of the locations. Um, mm. But there's definitely... It definitely feels off here and there. And then part of me is like, I like, I like to look at my character in third person because I like to see the stuff that I put on them and whatnot. Sure. But like it may benefit from a first person mode so that you can flip back and forth. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't be a bad, I mean, cause especially cause you don't really use the aim button very often. Like that could have been a, right. a hard swap first, third person. That's true. I could see like also, yeah, like being in, being in first person for pretty much all of the moving around the castle and whatnot. But like anytime I'm fighting, I, I, I want the third person. I like how cool it looks when you're, when you're doing a duel or you're, fighting a group oh i mean it's great i so i do find it to be great for the duels yeah. um i will say that generally speaking the camera placement is super weird i, so I mentioned weird. to you when i texted you the other day like the third person over the shoulder i'm used to that because like i played a million hours of bioware rpgs and like they're over the shoulder third person games both mass effect and dragon age but and it's never going to be directly over you. It's over always like over your right shoulder or your left shoulder if they give you like a swap mm-hmm. thing. But it's usually like the, the camera is usually like 55, 45. Right. Like 
and it's this, a slight it's a slight tilt versus like you're, this is like you 70 quarters of the screen on the right side yeah yeah you're you're, <laughs> you're almost against the left margin it's yeah, so weird it, 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 is, it actually it's very uh evocative of uh gears of war even more dramatic than that yeah but i'm with you on that but the, the i the 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 actual like spell casting is really cool. Um, I'm still getting used to doing it frenetically because I've been in a handful of fights. I think I might be the greatest duelist in the world because um, when I went to dueling club with Sebastian, um, flawless victory. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, the troll was a bit of an adjustment just because I got really used to being able to like Protego and like stupefy counter and the mm. troll did the thing and I timed it perfectly and it just smashed directly through my shield and I said, "Yeah, oh." Okay, I didn't realize yeah. that my shield had limits. <laughs> going to have to dodge that one. And from then on, I, my Jedi Fallen Order like yep. um, reflexes kicked in, and I dodged same button, button right? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, so it's I be at this point, I um, I dodged like ninety five percent of the rest of its attacks, and yep. even though only the basic cast worked pretty much on the troll because you don't have anything other than like. Yeah, Wingardium Leviosa doesn't work on uh, <laughs> Troll, apparently. Yeah, I think it's, can, it gave it like a quick slowdown, but it didn't really like change it. You can throw stuff at the Troll. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. I didn't that, really... That does way more damage. I didn't notice anything obvious to I. It throw. took me a minute, too. I found that the outlining of the stuff that you can throw was a, yeah, little, it was a little too subtle. It, yeah, well, in a fight, when your like, eyes are focused on the yeah. Troll that's trying to bash your brains in... It, it's a bit too subtle, but yeah. Um, yeah no, I, now that you mention it, I should have thought to do that, and I just didn't even think to look for it. And I, honestly, I forget how you even do that at this point. It, it's been a minute. Since. Well, you would Akio it, and then you would uh, right, right. I gotta get back into that. That game's fun. Yeah, it's really fun to play. It definitely, it very much feels like the Wizarding World. Like it, they it nailed does. the aesthetic, the the feeling, the muse, the music, the sound effects. Everything is, is great. Well, it's, it's nice because every once in a while they break out the good stuff. They give you a little bit of like the movies yep. music, but ninety five percent of it is original stuff. But it's definitely of the proper like theme for it. It sounds like it could have fit in any of the movies. I really want to play this around Christmas. <laughs> I already feel. Christmassy when I watch Harry Potter because obviously there's Christmas moments in those movies, but like this feels like it would be a nice take a take a week off around the Christmas holiday, get some cocoa, you know? Yeah, play some HP, maybe some butterbeer. And he started ice pumpkin juice. God, have you ever had either of those things? No, they're so fucking good. <laughs> really? I, I can't. I cannot even explain to you how delicious. <laughs> Well, I know like Wizarding World. <laughs> I know like ten or fifteen years ago, they like made and sold like a butterbeer, and like people were like, "It's kind of gross." But then when they did like the actual Potter World at Universal or whatever, yeah. like the actual butterbeer they sold there, I heard was really good. Oh my god, it's incredible! And didn't have it. I yes, I had I had it a couple times while I was there. Kim got the frozen butterbeer, which mm. was dope. But I was more about the, the standard. Um, I have since been to other like official Harry Potter things. Like okay. there was like an exhibit in Philly that we went to that was, oh, the exhibit was awesome, but they were selling bottled butterbeer. It, 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 you might as well not even have it. It's not, <laughs> it's not even, it's not even close though. Like, you know, like, you know, with each sip, you're, you're that much closer to diabetes. Like that's, how, <laughs> it's so good. I did hear there's a shit ton of sugar in it. And the, uh, the pumpkin juice too. 
it's got like a it comes in a bottle with a little pumpkin screw top. It's okay. it's so I was like, I can't not get the butterbeer and like the pumpkin juice came with our like English breakfast at the Hogshead. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool. I get to try this. And I was like, why? Why are you so good? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. More of that, please. Yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to, to diving in and getting a little bit more done with that. But uh, same. I haven't had as much time as I would like in the past week. Um, what else are you consuming? Uh, I watched All Quiet on the Western Front. In preparation for... So did I. In preparation for last week's that episode that I unfortunately that had to bail on. By the uh, way, is everything okay with the uh, the HVAC or whatever? Oh, it's all replaced. Okay. What was what were they fixing? They were replacing it. I I had it... I It's old. And I was getting it replaced before it, it went bad. <laughs> what exactly? The, the air conditioning? The what... The, the ducts, the, the entire fur, ducts? The furnace, the AC, and the and I also, on top of that, included the uh, a new water heater. Oh, okay. But um, everything is running smoothly. The people that did the work were tremendous, and I would highly recommend them. If you are in the New Jersey, uh, cl- like, middle to north New Jersey area, Weatherman HVAC. The North, the north Shore Points. <laughs> great bunch of guys. Um uh, they did an excellent job. They gave me an incredible price, considering that it was pretty much half of the estimate that I got from another company. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. And they were—they did all of the work in two days, and it was a tight fit for some of the stuff they had to do. So good on them. Um, but it was just a long week. There were some sicknesses in the household. There was that. It was just too much. And I was ex- by the time the time that we were going to record came, I had already fallen asleep twice. Nice. So um, I knew that it wasn't going to be good. But I watched Old Quiet on the Western Front in bed on my. Um, I have a, a MacBook Pro, one of the newer ones with the like the beautiful screen. Mm-hmm. And first off, that movie looks incredible. Yeah. Secondly, I listened. I watched it with spatial audio turned on, which was. Intense. Um, <laughs> exactly. Don't watch that movie that late uh, because you're going to contemplate life and everything <laughs> when it's over. Um, but an excellent movie. Absolutely worthy of the nod, which we will discuss later. But uh, maybe maybe we'll get to it. I honestly wasn't that enthused. Really? Nah. Huh. Fascinating. I mean, I, it, it did look good, mostly. Um, and the performances were good, which can be tough to tell when it's like the distraction of like dubbing and all that. Oh, um, I was very confused at the yeah. beginning of that movie. I was like, what's happening? Why well, do they have English accents? I was thrown because <laughs> it's a German movie. I yeah. thought it was all just going to be German with subtitles, and that, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And then when it wasn't, and... Like it almost felt like it was intentionally edited in such a way that you couldn't get a bead on their lips to sell that it wasn't synced up with the audio. I was very yeah, confused for that, the first. That, that was weird. It's not meant ten to or fifteen dubbed, minutes though. It is like it, the original track. If you look at it, is the German track. It just pre-selects the dubbed version for you, and I don't know why. Yeah, uh, that was it was odd to me. That, but that so was weird. That was a little distracting at first. I I got over it. Same. But it detracts from 
the performance. Like I can't really get a great like it. It, it did seem like it was well performed, but it's 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 hard to really truly like draw any conclusions on that when. Yeah, I, I I don't think I was particularly blown away by any one performance so much as the just the the narrative and the and execution. I was distracted because I probably didn't actually read the whole book, but I read that book in high school. I watched most of the 1970 whatever version of the movie, mm-hmm. which if as I recall was a pretty honest adaptation of the book, and this is not. Mm. Which was also threw me a bit. Ah, in, I don't in know. A, in a why call it that sort of way? Yeah, just make uh, it okay. another sure. World War One movie. And Great title. It would have. Yeah, sure. That's basically what I was calling it. Yeah, the, I, the other World War One. <laughs> I mean, the part I gets right to you know to whatever extent you know is is the ending with how devastating it is that. The, the uselessness of, of his death. But I actually thought it was even more poignant how it was in the book and in the, in the original movie. Well, actually I think there's an original, original movie from like a hundred years ago, but um, the one that I consider the quote unquote original, the one from the seventies, which is I think probably the most viewed version yeah, of is it. It's another, a star is born situation where there's a billion versions of this out there. Well, I think just the three, but yeah, okay. <laughs> the, well, cause the, the book is from like the 19th, 19- 20s or 30s and i think the move that that movie came out like the early 1930s but i think the one that most people are aware of is the one from the 70s okay um and i mean i don't know if you care if i spoil how that one ended no please but like i think they're just kind of like totally like numb mindless just another day in the trenches another day in the trenches and the early on in the in the book slash movie like they're they spend some time with them before going into war them being in school the teacher talking about war like how Mm. like you know the whole thing about patriotism and all that stuff and you know he's like an artist he like draws in class or whatever and he sees a bird out like flutters up like on like like the ramparts of like the trench and he like is sketching it and it kind of flutters away like slightly out of sight and he climbs up to get a better view of it while he's getting, he's really excited. It's the first thing that like he cared about doing in forever and he gets sniped Mm. and dies. And it ends with a telegram going and it shows that like the armistice was agreed to like an hour before that or something like that. And no one knew that the war was over and you know, he died to me. I thought that was even more like to me that drove home the pointlessness even more like, I get the point they're making about like the whole thing with like the bravado and all that, but like there was times there where like, man, someone could have taken a pot shot at that fucking general from the middle of the crowd. And I don't think anyone would have cared. Yeah. It wouldn't have happened. And then the, like the whole point of Volquette on the Western front is to not glorify. It's supposed to be anti-war and like, certainly it's like, Oh, well it's fucked up. He died that way. Cause over something so stupid. And like, we can see like everyone is kind of sort of numb to it or whatever, but like they do a rousing action sequence leading up to it, it it kind of muddled the message a bit for me. I I would agree. I agree with that. It definitely, it it buries the, uh, the more important point that I feel like the movie is trying to make. Yeah. By like lean, by having those moments. And honestly, they could, they could have cut all of that stuff out. Um, Yeah. Like it was fine. I mean, like, yeah, honestly, a, a, a better ending to this, not 
All Quiet on the Western Front would be the friend dying with them stealing the eggs. Sure. Um, like, I think that was more I, with it, the spirit. I, that actually feels more like what you were describing with yes, the bird, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that I, I, honestly, when that happened, and then I like, I was like, oh, I have to pee. And I paused it and I was like, 30 minutes? I was yeah. like, that's clear. I mean, is it 30 minutes of credits? Because that was a per- that was a really good ending to this movie. Like, yeah. Good, as in devastating ending to this movie. Yeah. So, like, the, the movie is fine, but it's just like, I will, even within, if you're saying it's like, supposed to evoke All Quiet on the Western Front without being like a strict adaptation of it. Like, I didn't even think it did a, like a great version of that. Like, none of it was interesting. terrible. Like, it's like, it's a well-made movie. Okay. It's it's fine. But I, like, I think it's just fine. I, I think it's a really good movie. I don't have the baggage of knowing anything about All Quiet on the Western Front. Also, this, so. to me, making this just a couple of years after 1917, like uh, 1917 blows this the fuck out of the water. It does. To the it point absolutely of like, does. Like, so it's, it's almost, and like we've already said, like this is a weak class of movies for the Oscars, but like mm-hmm. it almost feels unfair to nominate this when like that movie exists. And like it's not in the same yeah, that's, year, that's, but like it's in recent history. Fair. You don't have to fill all the slots for Best Picture. Yeah, like they allow you to get to 10, <laughs> but you don't have to. Because, uh, yeah. like, some years, like, there are it's only, like, seven or eight, like, nominees. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. What else? What else we got? Um, so... That, that was all quiet on the Western Front. That's yeah. for episode 209. Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's talk about a couple of movies that I saw that we, um, we, we might do for the show at some point, but uh, uh, certainly have not to this point. Um, so I saw Cocaine Bear last episode. Amazing. I mentioned I was going to see it. Mm-hmm. I saw it. It's. Is it exactly what you'd think it would be? If you saw the trailer and said, I want something that's insane about a bear that does cocaine, you're going to get what you wanted. Hmm. It's fun. It's funny. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. Uh, it probably it's it's super campy. Honestly, it probably could have even been more so like, hmm. but it is just it is an entertaining watch. It is much more dramatically gory than I expected it sometimes, but oh, okay. in but in a cartoonish way. Like it's sure. like it's you're laughing at half of that, like not like <laughs> wanting to throw up. It's more like, oh my god, I can't believe that just happened, type of nice. like um it has a couple of actors and actresses that are way better than what this movie deserves, and some of them turn like the camp super up, some of them are kind of doing like for real acting. And there's a couple of scenes where like, that's fine because it does kind of slow the pace down and like, Hey, we're going to just do movie for a minute here. <laughs> we're not going to do cocaine bear for this, like five minutes. We're just going to do like right. a movie right now. <laughs> um, and then like, you know, someone um, like gets shot through the eyeball and their head explodes hilariously on like the back of a wall, like 10 minutes later. So, you know, it's, it's an experience. It, it is definitely an experience. Perfect. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. What else you got? I've got I've got shows, so I'll let you why don't you go through movies. Okay, so I have another movie. Okay. So this is in the same weekend as Cocaine Bear. We have a movie that was not art, but <laughs> executed its vision quite successfully. But another movie that intended for art. And I suppose art is in the eye of the beholder as to whether it executes it or not. I think it was such a long movie that at times it certainly did. And at other times, maybe not so much, but I watched Babylon on a couple Sundays ago. Okay. 
so uh we just had kind of like a sunday we weren't really doing anything and my dad was like oh do you want to watch this it's on paramount it's on paramount i was like all right why not so me and him and my my mom watched while uh you know we were all kind of doing some different stuff or whatever uh it's it's a three-hour movie Mm. it's it was good uh, it was interesting seeing that on the same weekend as cocaine bear because both movies were definitely inspired by cocaine (laughs) <laughs> um for sure like cocaine Various is levels in the spirit and the dna of both of those movies to different extents and in different ways but um it was definitely a movie uh <laughs> um uh, do you know what it's about i don't i keep i would see a random clip i would see a random like set of it seems like bigger names that are like across the movie but i have no idea what i assumed it was one of those hollywood movies for hollywood's sake but i don't know yeah so this is kind of like if you splice together once upon a time in hollywood with hail caesar and cocaine (laughs) okay um it's about, uh, and also a dash of singing in the rain, because it's about silent movie stars and directors l- living at the height of that and all of its successes. It's aptly named Babylon. Okay. Because, the f- first of all, it's got the longest cold open, I'm pretty sure, in movie history. The cold open's like 45 minutes long. <laughs> I'm serious. I it it's probably about it's in excess of half an hour until you get to the title card. Oh my gosh. Um, and it's about those people like because the whole opening thing is like when like the, they're like this is we we run the world. We are the most famous people in the world. We have everything we want. We will have anything we want. Um, like it's just the whole opening. Most of the opening is a like I'm just a raging party on top of a mountain that's just like. 60% intended to be an orgy. Um, <clears throat> and then as transitioning to the period of the talkies and the rivalry between those two styles and of those stars trying to make the leap across to the new thing. And, um, you know, all the heartbreak that came along with some of those people who, you know, they lived too excess too excessively. And <laughs> the people who couldn't keep up with the changing of the times and the ones that did and, it's a it's a bit of a mess. It's there is some entertaining shit in it. There's some fantastic performances in it. I do question whether the juice was worth the squeeze of the whole experience of the movie. Sure. Um my parents did not embrace it for what it was the way I tried to. Uh, again, I'm not saying like I love the movie because I didn't, but I appreciated aspects of it. Um, it got to a point where it was like half an hour left in the movie and they're like, can this movie fucking end already? <laughs> so the best, the best part about that experience though is, so the movie ends, they're like, oh God, f- finally, I'm like kind of chuckling. My dad goes to like kind of finish making dinner in earnest, uh, went upstairs for something for a couple minutes to come back downstairs. And like, I get sense I was walking into like, neither of them had really like kind of like talked for a couple minutes. Cause like they're both doing separate preparations for dinner. Uh-huh. And, like I can hear my dad like starting to talk for the first time. Either of them had like said anything in a couple of minutes. And he's like, that movie, like ah, it's the worst thing I've seen since 
probably that movie from a few years ago with like the singing with Ryan Gosling. And I just <laughs> lost it. I lost it because I was going to say something three hours earlier. I didn't because I knew we were going to get there eventually. I just, I know my father. Yeah. I knew we were going to get there. So I'm dying laughing. That's amazing. And he's like, what? I said, I'm so glad you finally said it because you realize Damien Chazelle directed both those movies, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. And I love La La Land, right? Like you and me both really enjoyed it when that year, um, I, I only saw it all the way through that one time, but I've seen bits of it a couple of times. I would like to sit back plenty of times. Oh yeah. Music's great. Um, I'd, I'd like to sit back down and watch the whole thing again. Same. But uh, I just thought that was, I was like, I didn't say anything because I was really like, funny I was like, I know at some point, it may not even be within these few hours. It might be a couple days from now when it just like comes up in mind. It's like, he's going to mention La La Land, but I'm just going to, I just going to wait that, there and say it. It's that moment in Arrested Development where Michael's, where Job realizes that when the dad says you jo- really jobed it, and he's like, he's like, oh, he's getting it. <laughs> oh man that's funny but okay so probably not something is it, it 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 wouldn't really you wouldn't recommend sitting down for three hours to watch it no watch it across like three nights or something i don't know <laughs> watch the first 45 minutes that's one movie yeah okay got it all right yeah watch till the title card and then like i don't know watch an hour or so of it and then like finish it whatever okay all right i see fair enough what other movies um, that was the last movie. Okay. Um, get into some TV. Sure. Yeah. Why don't you kick yourself with the TV? So, as you know, uh, last year Kim and I got into American Idol. Mm-hmm. That's back. So we've yep. been enjoying that. It's pretty strong talent coming through. Looking forward to seeing where that goes. Knowing full well that the people that I like will be gone within the next few weeks. <laughs> Um, cause it's always a country singer. Like it's just, it just always is. And they all sound the same to me. And I don't like, I, it's just not, it's just not my kind of music. And if it's yours, that's fine. That's totally fine. I, th- I can get behind a couple of good country tracks, but I'm never, I'm never just like, you know what I'm in the mood for today? Like it just doesn't happen. Nope. Um, so there's that, but, uh, that's been fun. We have, uh, you know, we're watching our, our standard sitcoms, our, uh, Million Little Things, which is back. Uh, we watch it. Would you call it a sitcom? I don't know. What do you call it? Dramedy? I guess. I mean, it's... I don't know. At this point, I actually don't know. Okay. I, I mean, I've never, I've never watched the show, but, like, it seemed dramatic and bittersweet, like, in the initial yeah, like, promotional that's, material. That's, that's fair. That's it's fair. about a group that's, of friends coping with someone's suicide. A seventh Heaven-like. Yeah. I feel like, like Seventh Heaven ushered in all of these shows, and people forget about that. I never watched Seventh Heaven, but I would have classified that as a melodrama. I can sing the theme song to this day, and I won't. Um, I think I'm, I'm thinking not gonna do it. Dawson's Creek. That's the, the that I think I that is that the one that's I don't want to wait. Isn't that uh probably that's Dawson's right. Creek, right? I didn't I didn't watch that show. I don't watch either. Um, one. But we watched that. It's it's fine. Um, uh, Abbott Elementary is still fantastic. I. Uh, Episode, every episode has us laughing our asses off, so I, I'm enjoying that. We did decide that since Ted Lasso is coming back soon, why don't we rewatch the first two seasons? We're already like well into the second season. That sh- th- that show is perfect. 
it's so good. It's so fast too. Like you burn through episodes like it's nobody's business. But like it's got the most heart of any television show. <laughs> and so I just love it so much. Yeah, by design. Yeah, and um, obviously, I'm only one episode in on Mando. I did not watch today's episode. Oh, okay. I watched it tonight before I came down. Nice. And uh, and Last of Us, which, I mean, an absolutely tremendous penultimate. Uh, stay tuned after the credits. We will have the last word on the Mando watch. Um, <laughs> Amazing. Uh, but those are those are the shows. Been been, get, been getting some shows. Oh, and the Flash. How could I forget about the Flash? Uh. The Flash is hysterically bad. But- <laughs> I, it's. I mean, I'm all in at this point. We're in the final season now. We're in the end game now. DC. <laughs> <laughs> Walter Matthau. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you watching? Um. So I, I, I tried to correct my mistake from several weeks ago when I knew that Pedro Pascal was hosting. SNL and I forgot to oh. make time to watch it. I've seen a couple of those clips, but the other day I saw that Kansas City Chiefs tight end and Super Bowl, two-time Super Bowl champion Travis Kelsey was hosting Saturday Night Live this past week. It's going to be out of town all weekend, so I set it up to record. Watched that. Was that last night? Last night or two nights ago? One of the last couple of nights. Not last night, but the night before. Probably. A lemon and a pickle. Came knocking on my door. I went downstairs to let them in. Hit me in the head with rolling pin. Went upstairs <laughs> to get my gun. Have you ever seen a lemon and a pickle rock? <laughs> Thankfully, the association was not as negative, but you just unlocked a memory from like ancient times of my brain in the way that I did with quicksand that one time for you. Uh-huh. Is this about your brother repeating that over and over and over again? Well, no, just like, yeah, well, the existence of it more than mm. anything. I, that 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 occupies an annoying amount of real estate in my RAM. Wait, did he do that a million it's not, times? It's not in the hard disk space. It's it's right there all the time. <laughs> Jeez, wow. <laughs> I don't know why. Did he say that a million times? I don't remember that. He did. He used I to mean, sing it over and over again, and it was uh, right around the time his transmission blew. Oh, well, those two things occupied like 98% of his RAM at that time. <laughs> his RAM was just one small chip. <laughs> um, wow. Transmission blew up. <laughs> um, wow. What were we talking about? Oh, that's Sorry. Something. Well, you were saying that it reminded. Yeah. So I, 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 re- <laughs> I recorded SNL with. Super Bowl winner Travis Kelsey. God damn it. <laughs> um, did you watch this week's SNL? No. Okay. Well, I know you guys usually watch most of them, or at least historically have. Uh, if we know who's on, we'll watch it. We try to at least get to the weekend, weekend update. update. Weekend update was pretty strong. It had a big like branch off of it this week. It was great. Sarah News. Sarah's News. Oh, boy. I guess it's her birthday, and so they let her do a big part of the <laughs> news section, which was eighty percent just roasting Colin. Um, awesome, which was which was great. Uh, Colin got roasted hard this week, which I know is like a thing that they lean on, and yeah. usually it's pretty good. Um, this one, 
the weekend update was long this week. It's, it isn't always considering they had this whole extra plank of like the Sarah news. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of it was just like, if the FBI decided to just like poke around Colin Joseph, to that, <laughs> wouldn't be surprising. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> I was, I was, I wanted to see Travis Kelsey. I'm a fan of him as a, as a player. I've liked this chief team the last few years. Um, I'm always a little curious when someone like an athlete is in is hosting as opposed to someone who's like a comedic actor who is, you know, is usually a natural fit, even if they're not like a sketch actor or whatever. But um, what I appreciated about it is one of my complaints sometimes when I actually choose to like tune in for someone who I want to see, he was in like 85% of sketches, which is great. Yeah. Um, I, they also found things that he was a good fit for. And I think he stretched a little bit of his range beyond what I would have expected on some of them. Some of them he definitely plays a type, but I, it was a really solid episode. I left a, a good amount. Awesome. Of, uh, okay. I think maybe the highlight was pretty early on. Um, the, the setup is that he is attending the um, American girl cafe <laughs> with two American girl dolls, just him and two American girl dolls. <laughs> and he's like way too into it. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> and he's creeping out all of the other patrons as well as the people running the place. I love it. Okay. Um, but it, you know, it was, it was a strong episode. I, I really enjoyed it. And I, like I said, I, I probably watched two or three or four episodes a year, like more than like a couple of sketches worth. Um, and uh, I really dug it. And what's um, Kelsey Ballerini was the musical guest, which okay. was a name I knew, but I didn't recognize yeah. either song, but she was really good. So nice. I uh, it, you mentioned uh, an athlete like playing a part in a comedy um, for SNL in this case, but did you? I, I forget. I know, like we had. I feel like we failed to do a Christmas episode this year. But did you watch the Murderville Christmas episode? Um, yes. Okay. I watched the whole thing. It was a separate thing that they released around Christmas. Oh, then no. Oh, uh, it's like it's it's like a longer extended. It's good. Oh, I didn't. I didn't hear about that. I'll have to check it out. You should watch it. Um, it was wonderful. But that rem- it reminded me. There were, I, there were, I believe, a football player in the original. Uh, oh yeah, it was um that was, uh, that Mar- was Marshawn Lynch. He was in it again. Kind of, I feel like I want to say that he was in it for a short period of time, okay. like just like a small portion of it. It's more like it's the two. Well, Jason Bateman is is the Mark this time, so okay. it's pretty great. Um, but so is Maya Rudolph. Hmm. So they add more people that don't know what's going on and have to figure and have to play the game. Okay. And they add they, he's in most of it and then they add her on top of it and then he has to catch her up to speed and he doesn't really know what's going on either. <laughs> and then one more person gets added on late in the game and they and they make that person also have to guess who did it. And he's like I have no idea what's going on. Jeez. <laughs> it's 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 wonderful. It's really silly. That's good. Uh, I'll have to check that out. I, I I didn't hear about that, which is surprising because I heard about it a ton when like the show was originally coming out. I didn't hear about that at all. So yeah. Um, no, other than that, that's you know, fun. you get to have that in your back pocket. Yeah. Um, other than that, the only real thing is, I I really really enjoy shrinking. I mean, I don't know what happened between like Apple's what I thought was kind of laugh worthy like debut of television shows to now where like. It is swiftly moved up to the ranks to it might be the best streamer for original shows. Mm. Like this, just at this current moment in time. Yeah. 
Like it, the, it's a really good show. Like it's not. I gotta. I, I gotta. I'm really excited to watch it. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not perfect, but it doesn't have to be. It gets so yeah. much right so consistently. I I feel that like the little snit, like snags here and there, like it's not worth like really like worrying about too much. You can just go like ah. That didn't really work, and like, right. move on. Like, it's it's fine. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, she's ugly. Like, I understand um, if people have their qualms about like the thorough lack of ethics with which they are treating the therapy like pursuit, like like how okay. that is supposed to work. But like, like that is baked into the show. Like, it is a it is acknowledging. This is not yeah. how therapy is supposed to work. What he is doing is wrong. There are consequences to that. Right. Um, thankfully, so far, no one's, like, had anything, like, catastrophic happen because of it. <laughs> like, no one has, like, died or gone to prison or anything yet. But, like, there are real... There has been real fallout, and it's like, yeah, no, this is not the way to do it. And, like, the, the cooler heads are prevailing, saying, hey, listen... You shouldn't be doing that. So, yeah. like, with if you can suspend your disbelief on like that aspect, there are so much other good within cool. the show. <clears throat> on, I, I, I'm looking forward to watching that. Yeah, I've I've really like to the point where I was out of town from Friday to Monday, and I didn't get to watch the episode when it came out Friday until like yesterday, and like mm-hmm. I was like actively like okay, like I really want to get to sit down and watch the new episode. So, like, I. It, it's funny, like I, that can't that coming up, like in me knowing that that was coming up was actually an anomaly because I feel like these days I don't know when something new is starting or what's coming on just because of my lack of commercials, which I'm fine with that part of it. But the only p- time this is uh, it ends up being beneficial with a show because when I do realize something's available, I've got a lot of it in the bank, which is yeah. nice. Um, I like I having know. I like having my binge stuff. Yeah, my like we're going through a whole show stuff, but I also like having a weekly releases too. Oh, same. I like I, having a collection same. of those things where like, I haven't really got to watch any of it the last couple of weeks, but I like that within the next week I can jump back into for all mankind and keep chugging mm. through a couple of episodes. But I like that. I get the last of us and Mandalorian shrinking every week. And especially because one of them is on Sunday night, one of them is on Wednesday night, one of them is on Friday night. So it's like spaced throughout my week. Even if I don't get to it that day, within 24 hours, I usually will have. I like having a couple of shows like that to go with the stuff that I'm plugging along through. Yeah, I uh, that I, I enjoy that too. My currently weekly, we have enough weekly shows, so I've got that covered. I do when we are using Ted Lasso as like a binge right now in preparation for what will be a weekly release, which is also fun. Um, the benefit, uh, what's nice is like when you realize a show that you like is back or has started a while ago. Like we watched the show trying on Apple TV, which is just fantastic. And it stars one of the Andes, um, but it's, it's so good. And which, which Andy? Realize, like, game of Thrones, Andy or the other Andy game of Thrones, Andy, wait, other Andy. I can't remember now. Cause I don't remember which one was in game of Thrones. House, sorry. House of the dragon. Andy is what I, I know, but he was a bag of bones. I don't remember what he actually looked like. I have to look the older of the two because he's substantially older than the other guy. Um, the younger one, the younger one, the one from Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom or the one from House of the Dragon. Just look up trying and you tell me which one it is. 
Uh, I, don't know, I don't play this game anymore. Uh, but anyway, that show I was great. Like that game. <laughs> Is this Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mulroney? Yes. Oh, McDermott or Mulroney. Great game. Oh, but so that there's that the. Uh, the problem with this whole not knowing when things are airing thing is I, tend I swear to, to God, if I look at shows, which is kind of a pain I, in the butt. If I look up trying and it's an Andy from some other thing, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, award shows. Uh, missing missing award shows is the only downside to not seeing commercials ever. Uh, because I was like, I, I we were watching some show and I, I grabbed my phone to look something up and it was like, Brendan Fraser's speech from the SAG Awards. And I was like, no, that's one of my favorite ones to watch. <laughs> but fortunately, uh, whatever it was at NBC, whatever it was on. Oh, it was YouTube. They had the whole thing on that night. So we just watched it. We watched it and were able to um, get through it relatively quickly since there were no commercials. It was the one from Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. The younger, the younger one. The what? The, the younger one. The one who's yeah. 40. Yeah. The one who's 40 like three days from now. He's great, by the way. Yeah. Um, he usually plays someone ridiculous, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, Apple TV, all about it. Yeah. Um, and like March is going to be a big month for television because Mandalorian obviously started last week. Ted Lasso's coming back. Succession's coming back. I'm pretty sure there's something else that's coming back. Oh, and that new show with Bob Odenkirk starts in March too. Oh, what's what is that called? Lucky Hank, I want to say. It's on AMC. I think it starts the nineteenth. Saw a commercial the other day. I would watch Bob. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna probably check that out. Cool. Any other concerns? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> the aforementioned Hudson Whiskey Total Town Distiller. I went a mm. couple weekends ago with my dad and my brother. Um, <clears throat> we went. It snowed that day, so it was a bit of a slog to get out there. Because um, it's kind of sort of up amongst the mountains. Um, it's an ancient building. They have a giant grist stone uh, as the entryway floor. And then it's pear grist stone is inside the entryway, which is kind of fun. And uh, they got a lot of whiskey there. Sure. Sit down and they're like, oh, hey. I would hope you- so. How many, how many whiskeys or gins or vodkas? Or they had a couple of liqueurs, too, that they made, which I, I didn't try those. We just tried the whiskeys. But yeah, I don't know. Pay, it was like 20 bucks. I got a glass. I got like six or seven whiskeys, whatever it was. They nice. gave us a um, thing like with like the tasting notes, what I was reading from before, where it was like all of their stuff with like the whole like grain bill and the pairing and like the whole palette and nose and finish all that stuff and a little history on that specific one. And you get to try, I mean, they only really distribute two or three of their whiskeys. It's basically like their bourbon, their rye. And I think there might be one other thing, but all the stuff that they have, you can buy there. So I bought a couple mm. bottles of like their specialty stuff. I think my dad and my brother each bought one as well. I think between the two of us, we bought at least, I think four different kinds of their whiskeys, which is cool. And nice. It's all really, really good. Um, it's just a good time. I love doing that stuff. I love going to a winery or a distillery or a brewery. And I especially like it when it's like that. I mean, it was super low key. Um, yeah. you didn't get to talk to like an expert about it really. Although like they were pretty slow at the time we were there. So like a couple of bartenders like 
walk by and chat with us for a few minutes here and there. And, and that was cool. Like some of it was like kind of like serious talk about like the whiskey itself. Some of it was just kind of general chat or whatever. Um, but I like that. I, some of these places act like it's a hassle and it's like, this is how you grow like, yeah. like loyalty and appreciation for your brand and all that. And like, I understand like, even if you want to keep strict hours as to when you're going to have those sorts of things, like I understand like it shouldn't be, 24 7 necessarily but like mm-hmm. just be cool like that's what people like it's like it's a fun thing to come out and do like right. also you have also an gonna, opportunity you're to also make gonna money. move product yeah like uh that's silly it's very silly when uh I, you know what no i'm not going there no uh, i i've I, got strong feelings on this i want thing. to keep this on the positive because it was a positive yeah. experience and that's right. what i'm saying I, i'm um it's my appreciation for that they were they were super cool there like the stuff's a little on the expensive side that's fine. I like to buy local, especially when the stuff's good. I, yeah. I'll pay a little bit more if the stuff is going to be legitimately good because like yeah, sometimes like sure. it isn't. So yeah. they were props to them. It was a cool time. It was a nice way to spend a couple hours on a Saturday. A snowy, awesome. gross Saturday. So um, yeah, that was cool. I dig it. Do you have anything else? Because I have like one big kind of concluding consumption. Uh, no, I, I mean, other than I'm... I finally at a more steady cadence have been getting through Ashes of the Sun. Oh. Uh I read like I don't know, like five to ten pages before falling asleep in the book. That's night. all right, man. Before you know it, you'll be done. Exactly. But it's uh it's really good. Like it's it's good. Is it's, it part I of like, the series or is it a standalone yes. thing? Yeah, there's there's multiple books. There's at least two out right now. I don't know how many there's gonna be. So I'm gonna check that out. Once I'm done with uh I haven't listen to any well I, of the foundation I, the whole book point in a while. Is I, I think I'm supposed to hand these off to you once I finish them ah okay so as soon as I finish the first one you'll have it and then you'll have the <laughs> second one in about three years following that nice it's about <laughs> you're like yeah I already read it <laughs> <laughs> twice but it's good I, I'm really enjoying it like the so the the highlights are like there's this brother sister combo that are separated when they're young. Each chapter follows one of them. So it's like, and it goes back and forth. It's like following the sister and then following the brother, following the sister, following the brother. The sister's on one side of the law, the brother's on the other. The law is a bit of a gray area. We're not quite sure what's going on. We don't, the history, there's clearly a deep, deep lore and history that is given to you a little bit at a time, which has mm-hmm. been kind of fun to unfold and makes it a little bit more exciting. And um, ultimately you realize where they are in their journeys and like, oh boy, they're about to be in the same spot and they don't know where either of each other are or what they're up to in the world or in life. And I'm really, I'm rapidly approaching those two characters colliding and I'm really excited to see what happens when they do. (laughs) All right. That's good. Sounds like it's picking up in earnest. So that's good. Yeah. In in the book's defense, it was, it's pretty steadily Pay, like it's it moves pretty quick it's just a it was a me problem just because i'm not i'm not good at consistently sticking with the book and moving through it i'll read i'll read a lot of it and then stop and then a little bit and then stop and then now i'm trying to be a little bit more consistent with it and it's now i look forward to it and i to read it before i go to bed i mean granted i'm not gonna do that tonight because by the time we're done i'm just gonna fall asleep and not the floor, <laughs> but, uh, that's all right it's it's good i'm really enjoying it good I look forward to starting it in a year. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely won't be able to give it to you Sunday. That's uh, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll survive. 
Um, hey, hey. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I had a couple of vacation days to burn because uh, my year end, mm. like my year anniversary at work was a few weeks ago. And so, one of those days will be used to drive home from your house on Monday after the Oscars. Two of those days was used this past weekend because I needed to come up with something to do. And I was like, oh, okay. I'll take off on Friday and Monday. Drove up to the Ithaca area where Vicky's parents own a bed and breakfast and um, hung out with her for a long weekend. It was a good time. Nice. We did a lot of activities, even though I was like really concerned after the big snow here Tuesday. It was supposed to snow again Friday. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to like get up early and like hope to get up there without getting like trapped on the, the road somewhere with the snow. Thankfully, the storm slowed down. I was like, okay, get out of the normal time. Left like 9 o'clock. Got up there around like 1 o'clock. I was able to stop once and you know, do all the stretch of the legs and all that fun stuff because it's like a three and a half hour drive. Uh, <laughs> which, I mean, I drive a lot for work. I've driven a lot period of my life, like so many hundreds of thousands of miles in my life. <laughs> it's not bad to do that sort of drive with someone or someone's, but doing that sort of drive on your own, it, I don't know, it starts to wear on me after like two hours or so. I get that. Um, but uh, yeah, got up Friday and then uh, we just got to do a bunch of fun stuff. We went to four different breweries over the course Wonderful. of the weekend. Uh, we went to a little one, um, a town or two over from where the uh, Ben Breakfast is. It's um, it was called Garrett Brewing. Uh, that was the one I sent you on like Friday night. It was uh, they had yep. some fun names of beers. There was um, the uh, Hello John with the uh, <laughs> the logo was styled like in the way that like Jurassic Park was. So uh, that was cool. There was uh, there was a Harry Potter one. I forgot what it was now, um, but that. It wasn't a something like, patronum. That's right. Oh, lacto patronum, right? Lacto patronum. Um, so I liked that. Um, those beers really good, really cool, like simple vibe. Like you, you walk in, like one room is. They have like a couple of like those platforms, like on like the like the the windows where mm-hmm. like you could like sit around like a table, like in like comfy chairs. Nice. There's like a high tops. There's a bar, and then the other room. Oh, I love that. There's all like the. Um, is where like the food window is, and there's all like the uh, the, the big steel fermenters, um, like they brew there. It's like just on like Main Street in this little town. It's like that was like just like a really cool environment, like solid, Neat. like snack food. We just had like you know chips and queso and salsa and stuff like that. <laughs> Tried flights, had some beers, whatever. Grabbed pizza, got snowed in. Great. Um, the next Sounds day, wonderful. we went to Chili Fest in the Ithaca Commons, right in the shut your mouth downtown <laughs> downtown Ithaca. <laughs> oh yeah, we we tried uh let's say 10 chilies, that's not correct cuz we bought 10 tickets. I think we tried seven or eight chilies plus use a ticket for a beer, use a ticket for it was this company that sells like hot sauces, so I got cool. like it was like three quesadilla slices with like one of each of the hot sauces on it. <sighs> so, I had absolutely those absolutely spend a ticket on that. Yep, yeah, and then bought the hot sauces because they were really good um man they did some fun stuff with the chilies there was one of them was like you know in the city of Ithaca there's Ithaca College and there's Cornell University 
Mm-hmm. Cornell has, I guess, this big hospitality like degree and program and yeah. all that. And they have like the Statler, which is like fully run and operated by the students there. And their kitchen had a booth at Chili Fest. And in the chili was chili and a corn cookie, which I guess was like a sugar cookie, but with like cornmeal in it. Okay. Goat cheese, pickled onions. So fucking good. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I'm so like, fucking good. I'll take all of that, please. Thank you. There was please one. Thank you. There was one chili. Now I've made a bunch of different chilies, or my dad's made a bunch of different chilies over the years. And it's not uncommon to throw some like dark chocolate in your chili. Mm-hmm. But one of them didn't make the chili with chocolate. They did was they served you piping hot chili and then cracked dark chocolate on top of it. Interesting. So it started to kind of like it wasn't incorporated in it. It was kind of like starting to melt as you're getting. So the first bite was probably a little too chocolatey for me, but mm-hmm. the rest of the bites were fucking amazing because they nice. had like that hint of chocolate that was like not quite there because it was just starting to like melt. And it was also like a better ratio throughout all of it, but that was really good. Um, I had a beer that was made with sweet potato. Um, <laughs> sure. Why not? Um, as well as a hot sauce made with sweet potato, that first brewery I was talking about, the one we went to that first night, um, we struck up a friendship with the bartender and she like, was like, oh, do you guys want to try some hot sauces? We have like some house hot sauces that like the kitchen makes when they're bored or whatever. It was like an avocado hot sauce. Delightful. There was a couple nice. other ones. And then one was like, they were trying to do something funky with like roasting sweet potatoes and they went horribly wrong. So they turned it into a hot sauce. <laughs> It wasn't bad. Um, weirdly, had a sweet potato centric weekend, uh, but yeah, <laughs> really a couple of really good chilies. There was a like pork chili. The hot sauce like, was called "Whoops, all sweet potatoes." Yeah, <laughs> the hot sauce was called <laughs> "Jokes on you." It's just sweet potato paste. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there was like a, a pork chili with like tomatillo, like green, like chili base. Uh, yeah. Like okay, it phenomenal. Like basically, all of them were really good. Um, there was one that I didn't realize until they gave it to me because I thought they had another one that was chicken based and it, this wasn't that one. It was mushroom based and I took one bite and I did not have any more of that one. Mm. Um, but that's more about the mushrooms than it is about the quality of the chili. It's just not for me. Um, and then we walked across the street to a little brew pub called Revelry, which had pretty good beers, tried some beers. Then we were driving back and it's like, why not stop at Ithaca Brewing Company? Sure. Um, <laughs> so stopped at Ithaca, had a, had a flight, had some poutine. Um, perfect. Yep. It was great. No notes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, that. yeah. And then, uh, the next day, uh, so her, her parents had been in Antigua and they got back mm. and, um, they drove us out to, it was like 20 minutes or so, half an hour away, whatever. It was, it was like grist iron brewery. It was like up on top of a mountain. No, on top of uh, like the side of a hill overlooking one of the lakes up there because it's between two of the major Finger Lakes, uh, that area. I think it's Seneca and Cayuga. Um, and um, had some fantastic um, like pretzels, beer cheese, mustard, all that fun stuff. Love that. Some I more flights. That right now. I'm some, actually pretty hungry. Yeah. <laughs> they had two really good sour beers at that one. There was like one that was like one of their like steady ones. It was um, like a blackberry sour, I want to say. Um, mm. and then they had another one, which is like part of like a rotating series. It was like a raspberry jam, or I might've been having those back 
like reverse. I forget, but sure. both of them were fucking fantastic. Oh, sounds great. I had so much good beer while I was up there. Um, and um, like I said, yeah, got to go to four different breweries, did a little hike up to, uh, to Gannick Falls, which is right outside Ithaca, um, which is like, like the tallest single stream falls in not the world, surely, but I don't know. Probably America. This is one of those stupid sports stats where they have to tack on a bunch of qualifiers to make it sound like it's unique. Well, it's just the one qualifier, single stream, okay. as opposed to like Niagara Falls, which is like multiple mm. things come converging into one. Okay. You know? But I just forget what the qualifier, if it was New York or if it was the US. It definitely wasn't the world. It was either the New York or, or US. I don't remember. It was it was a pretty big falls. It's funny that you say that. I mean, I know you don't remember exactly what the qualifiers were, but like the fact that you remember that there were qualifiers, just, this is the retention thing that I'm talking about. Like you remembering that if it was me coming back from the trip, we saw waterfall. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up and now. It because was nice. <laughs> I'm going to look it up now because I feel bad because <laughs> it was definitely explained to me and I just don't remember. Uh, hey, that picture looks familiar. Um, it's pronounced Taganic. It doesn't necessarily 100% phonetically look like that. It's a 400-foot gorge through layers of sandstone, shale, and limestone that were once the bed of an ancient sea. With a 215-foot plunge, this waterfall stands three stories taller than Niagara Falls. Enjoy swimming in Cayuga Lake. No, that, I don't want to know about the park. I just want to know about the falls. Um, three stories taller? There's a There's a stat. Yeah. It didn't look it didn't look taller than Niagara Falls. Is a story an exact unit of measurement? I think so, although I think it tends to be used kind of loosely and like colloquially. Hmm. How tall is a story? We're going to learn. We're going to learn some today. How tall is a story in feet? <laughs> so I was right. Uh, the height of each story in a building is based on ceiling height, floor thickness, and building material. Oh my god. With a general average of about 14 feet. I thought it was supposed to be in the 10 to 12 range, but it seems to be. Okay. Ooh, what about measuring How stuff? many cubits? How many hands? <laughs> 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 oh, come on. This is even worse. I'm on measuringstuff.com. The height of a story in a building can vary greatly, and even stories in houses can be slightly different heights. A story can be anywhere from 9 to 25 feet tall. <laughs> I'm getting the feeling that somebody eyeballed the difference between the two waterfalls and was like, that's about three stories. In general, however, a story in a home is usually between a nine not between nine and fourteen feet tall, and a story in a more commercial building is generally around ten feet tall, although it can be up to twenty-five feet. <laughs> I guess that I always I always kind of like um estimated it as twelve-ish feet. Okay. And Basically, if you're seeing something measured in stories, it just it doesn't matter. That's what you're. That's what I'm getting out of this. No one, no one knows. No one can know. There's no way to know how big it is. It's the it's the it's the Heisenberg principle, but instead, it's just it's kind of sort of like a certain amount of you know, it's measuring basketball hoops, whatever. Yeah, Kevin Smith measures things in Jawses. In Jawses. Yeah. Which is like especially confusing because. The size of Jaws is unrealistic for the size of a great white shark. Like Correct. a great white shark's like twenty feet long, and like they were like, it's forty feet long. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Oh man, 
That's, well, you know, you got me thinking about all this chili. I had a, uh, I had made a curry the other night, which like is vaguely reminiscent of the consistency and texture and what you're getting out of chili. So I'm going to talk about that for a second because it was freaking delicious. And I <laughs> made it out of lamb. And so what I did, I, I completely winged it. So I did, I fried some onions and garlic, as you do with every meal. As well. Uh, I added the uh, the ground lamb and got that got that texture browned a bit. I added some finely chopped dandelion greens, some really? very small cubed sweet potato, uh, larger chunks of carrot, and then I did a little tomato paste. And a bunch of like curry powder and some spices, mixed all that, brought that together, topped it off with some beef bone broth, mm. and let that simmer down a bit. Added a bag of chickpeas to it, and I gotta tell you, it was fucking fantastic. And <laughs> <laughs> had that for dinner tonight. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Sorry, it just very, reminded very... me. I don't know what specifically in that story reminded me. Um, of I should have included it in my consumption of the Ithaca area that Vicky's dad Wally is a chef, um, has been for many years. Um, he's the the cooking side of the bed and breakfast, uh, <laughs> mm. and um, he he's the made, breakfast. Yes, <laughs> I don't I don't want to finish that thought. No, <laughs> we've said enough. <laughs> I guess that makes you the best. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, um, they made me a nice brunch when I was leaving Monday. And they made stuffed French toast. Okay, I've stuffed never, with what? I've never heard of such a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I didn't know one could stuff a French toast. Turns out a, French, a stuffed French toast is really two French t- toasts. It's a French toast sandwich. Let's be serious. Yes. Stuffed with brie and ham. We have, have some sort of like reverse croque madame. What's going on here? <laughs> reverse what? Croque madame. I don't know what that is. Not the, isn't that the one with the, with Dead the lady? ham and the egg? Hang on a second. I'm going to find this out. You keep going. You tell me what else is going on there. So French toast, stuffed French toast with brie and ham. Topped with apple compote. Uh, and the French toast was pumpkin swirl French toast. Um, there was avocado toast with eggs and bacon and home fries. It was it was several meals worth of meal. It was That sounds amazing. Pretty incredible. Um, as well a croque as Monsieur Monsieur, I don't know how you say that word in French. Is a French ham and cheese dish on buttered bread. It's often served as a sandwich with the cheese and ham melted into the bread by gently browning the outside of the sandwich. A croque madame is similar, but it has an egg on top of it. Well, the egg wasn't on top of the French toast. It was um, in apple French Apple toast. compote was, was drizzled atop the French toast. And then, you know, you didn't eat it like a sandwich. You you slice it with fork and cut it. knife. Yeah. You know, to have a, a bite incorporating all of the It sounds layers. amazing. It was fantastic. Um... And even the night before that, we had um, chicken enchilada soup, which is really good. Oh, really yeah. Good. Get down. Yeah. With jalapeno cornbread. I mean, sure. <laughs> I 
I have made jalapeno cornbread. I love it. Uh, I the past few years for Thanksgiving, I've been making the cornbread from scratch, and like not like a mix or anything. Like you know, it's not that hard. Um, but the key following one of Babish's recipes is I use duck fat, hmm. and you get it to a hot, hot shimmer in your pan before you pour the batter into it, and the bottom of it fries. Oh. And then you bake the whole thing. So the bottom is crispy fried in duck fat. Mm. (laughs) And then it's fluffy cornbread on top of that. (laughs) So it's a week's worth of meals in one bite. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) It's just each bite is one artery down. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's wonderful. Worth it, even. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow we're going to prime rib night at Heirloom Kitchen. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Want to get to some Oscars before I get hungry again after this conversation? So, as I had mentioned in the beginning of the show, I have a little something extra for us this year as we go through these. Um, The Hollywood Reporter put out this article on uh, mathematical... There's a math model with predictions for the winners of each category. So I thought it might be fun to look at what they predict on top of what we're asked, what we're saying is going to be the winner <laughs> okay, and see what happens. Um, so I have that, I have that handy as we go through. All right. Well, we'll start with actor in a leading role because that was what the uh, splash page led me to on the Oscars for whatever reason. So again, yeah. the nominees are Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for the Banshees of Anna Sharon, Brendan Fraser for, Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living. Now, I have seen The Banshees of Inisherin and probably 40% of Elvis, and that's it. What about mm. you? Um, I have seen The Banshees of Inisherin okay. of this list. I will say, I have seen a number of clips of the performances. I've definitely seen like the sizzle reel clips that they use for like the nominations and whatnot. Um, I feel like, I, I feel like Brendan Fraser is going to win. That would seem pretty obvious to me. Um, and I would like to get to that movie. It just hasn't been a big Same. priority because like I wasn't nominated. I always try and start with the best picture nominees and prioritize the ones that have like multiple other major nominations yep. as well. Um, for sure. Which is like, yeah, Banshees was great for us because we got four acting nominees as yeah. well as, <laughs> Picture and director and screenplay and all that shit. So absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I, my my pick is Brendan Fraser just because of from what I've seen of that movie and then also um, he he did win the SAG award and his speech was awesome and I want to see him do another one. He's won a um, few. He's won. Has he won all of those major? I don't know if he won all of them, but he's he's definitely he he seems to be a front runner. Um, to me, he also I, just I seems so be, gracious. Yeah, <laughs> I would be baffled if he didn't win this. Um, I've seen little clips of that, but um, it just it just seems like that's destined yeah. to win. The um, math so- model predicts Austin Butler. Really? Yeah, with it's a close race, though. I mean, I will say from the bits I've seen so far, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty transformative performance. Like he, yeah, is yeah. nailing an impression of Elvis, and whether that's the be all and the end all of what like a best actor should be, I don't I don't know necessarily, but like. It is a pretty impressive transformation, I would say, so far. Um, it's it's a wildly different performance than the only other thing I've seen him in. So yeah, what was that? 
uh, well, we talked about it a while ago. It was that um, that trashy um, MTV um, take on um, what the hell was those book shows? Uh, the, those it was like one of those fantasy books from the sixties. It was uh, the Shannara Chronicles. Oh, okay. He was right, the lead right. in that. There was a couple two seasons I want to say of that show. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very good, but it was vaguely entertaining. So your pick is um, for. I mean, I I think Brendan Fraser is going to win. Cool. Um, but um, like, I wouldn't be upset if Austin Butler win. I wouldn't be upset if Colin Farrell won. I thought that they yeah, pretty good performance. Yeah, I I I really like Colin Farrell and that. I think that he really totally crushed it. Specifically, that the scene at, when he confronts him in the bar. Oh, was, that was that was great. That's definitely the clip they'll play on Sunday. Yeah, that was really 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 strong work. Um, but um, to me, it seems like it'll it'll have to be for you. <laughs> and I'd like to get to that eventually. What a weird movie. Yeah, it was. Uh, my, my dad watched it on the plane. He's, in, he's in Phoenix right now. He took, <laughs> he took he watched it on the plane. He's like, uh, I watched that and uh, I'm glad I only watched it on the plane, basically. And I was like, he's like, it was such a weird movie. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I could have told you you weren't going to like that. I said, but like. It is weird as hell, but like, I really appreciate it for like the art of it. And he's like, "Yeah, no," like I was like, "Cause like I thought the performances, like all four of them, crushed it." He's like, "Yeah, no," like it was like they were all really good, but like, it's just what? not. It's just not what I'm going into a movie for. Which I, you know, the, he's consistent about that. Like, Respect. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. It's you know what I think. To me, I try to go into a particular movie with the expectations for what it's supposed to be. Like I. Do not go to the Banshees of Sharon for the same things that I'm going to Cocaine Bear for. And I'm not going right. to compare them. They are apples and oranges. They're not the same thing. And I really respected and appreciated the art of Banshees, even if I didn't love the movie. Mm-hmm. Just like I really had fun with Cocaine Bear, but like as like a film, it's, it's yeah. hard to call it one. Right. <laughs> um, actor in a supporting role. <laughs> um. We got Brennan Gleeson for Banshees. <clears throat> we have Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway. We have Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans. Barry Keoghan for The Banshees. We have Kehi Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm. That's a mm-hmm. stack category. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely pretty bonkers. I feel like any there's no... Um, I didn't see The Fablemans, but... Uh, based on the rest of the of the lineup here, like there's nobody that I would be upset if they won. However, I really, I really think Kehi Kwan should get it. I think it'd be great. He he just to see like his joy restored in working but like, in this medium has been great, and how gracious he's been, um, and what a cool moment it was for him to to meet up with Harrison Ford for the first time in was, like that, 35 years. Like all of that was so special, and his his whole speech about being kind was, yeah. was, was great. And, uh, and even some of like most of the, of his performance is kind of sort of one note, not in a bad way, just like very similar, but he got certain individual moments where he gets to be like a badass and he's like jumping around and it's like, you buy yeah. it, even though he's been this like meek and mild mannered guy this whole time. I don't know. I feel like he, 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 there's like a ton of range to that performance because he's bouncing all over the place between these different, these various versions of the character that he's playing. And yeah. I just feel like to be able to switch so quickly between them and then to also deliver each time and to 
easily like he could have easily stolen the spotlight with any of those performance but plays it back just enough where it's a like it feels like it's part of the ensemble versus trying to break through like it's i don't know he he did a tremendous job yeah on that but also he thought, is a front runner in this uh mathematical that's not surprising to me yeah. i i figured just like the for no other reason than the goodwill he's gained along the way i i figured mm-hmm. he was going to be and it is a good performance um i I hate when I I respect it because I and I thought they were both great, but I kind of hate when two actors from the same movie are nominated because I feel like they're just going to cancel each other out. Like yep. neither one of them has a chance to win because yeah. some people are going to prefer one versus the other. I thought they were both great. If either of them won, that would be totally fine with me. I would I would lean towards Barry. I thought he was really really strong. Um, yeah, it's a tough role. It's a fine line to walk. But that sort dark. of character, very dark. Um, but also to be able to give you a uh, like a a laugh here and there. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. it's a blackly comedic role. Like it's so really nuanced performance to not be doing it in a way that's insulting. That's what I'm saying. It's a yeah. fine line. It's you know it goes back to like the Tropic Thunder conversation <laughs> of when you're trying to to play a character who isn't quite all there as we conventionally would define it. Um, Did- but to, to give it heart and to give it some some warmth and comedy, but also to show the, the darkness yeah. of that situation. Heavy stuff. Yeah. But definitely wouldn't be upset with that. And Brian Tyree Henry, we talked about in bullet train is fantastic. He's just great. Just <laughs> neither of us to see in the movie. So not at all a diesel. No, no. Um, more but of yeah, Thomas. I, I suspect, I would suspect that K Kwan's going to win, but I, I don't know for a fact. If anyone won in this, I guess it wouldn't surprise me. Hmm. I think I I would be a little bit. Uh, the more that I think about it, like if in a category together, the other four, like I wouldn't care whoever wins ones. But like I think that he should be like he pulls ahead for me from the performances that I've seen. So okay, I'd like him to win. Actress in a leading role, we have Kate Blanchett for Tar. We have Anna de Armas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for To Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yao for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Did we ever hear anything about Andrea Riseborough? Like, did that so-called investigation ever yield any? Oh, I don't even know what what that's what. Oh, we talked about it when the nominees came out. Um, there was some talk about whether there was improper lobbying of the Academy because this actress comes from like an insane amount of money or something like that. Uh, whether or not she bought this nomination, essentially. Weird. I vaguely yeah. remember this conversation. It's a weird story because I, I no one saw the movie. Yeah. But she was nominated. Mm, she's not going to win, so it's fine. Um, I certainly hope not. Uh, we have to uh, we have to address the elephant in the room here. Um, Kim and I do not care for Michelle Williams, and I'm tired of seeing her face every year. <laughs> <laughs> she's one of those actresses where she's so well regarded for her performances, but I haven't watched any of those things that she's so well regarded for. I have. I've seen her and stuff. It's not that. There's nothing. There's nothing that stands out to me, and it's all the and everybody's always like, "Oh my god, how incredible!" And I'm like, "But why? Like, what am I missing? Because I don't I'll sum, see it." I'll sum my thoughts on her by saying that I have seen Venom. 
<laughs> and I would say that that doesn't really drastically differ from the other performances that I've seen her. Oh, so that would seem like a negative because yeah, I like I'm I'm being like fair. I don't have a strong opinion on her because all of her critically acclaimed work is not stuff I've consumed. Mm. So. I've literally seen her in one role. It's not one I would nominate her for. It's also not one that anyone is nominating her for. Like, it's not yeah. like that's I'm like, I'm not holding that against her. It's just the only thing I've seen her in. And yeah. she was fine in it. Like sometimes like, some scenes she seemed bored uh, and I don't blame her because it's not like a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a little, little odd that she's been nominated for so many things at this point, And for me to not have seen any of them. Yeah. Well, did you see any of the other stuff other than, Everything. No, I multiple times I almost watched Tar, but then (laughs) I would watch the trailer and go, I don't think I want to do this tonight. I'm gonna try to finish Elvis Mm -hmm. and see if I can get to Tar before the Oscars. I just ran out of time. There was too many things. I feel like if there's anything that I should get to beforehand, I I feel like I should watch Elvis and I feel like I should watch Fablemans. Yeah, I probably Um, should have watched the Fablemans. I just. I forgot that they were all like the actors and actresses were nominated for it. If I remembered that, I would have watched that. I feel like Tar is going to be the movie this year where like it gets to the end and it's over. And I'm like, okay, but why? Like that, that that's power but, dog. No, it's, it's, it's got to be better than that. Does it? Yeah. Oh, if you insist, I can't imagine another, another Well, No, that's not true. I mean, how, how, how do you I don't know how like you have this trifecta at the bottom right now and it's power of the dog Roma and the Phantom thread I can't imagine I can't imagine having to have a discussion about building over Mount Rushmore about <laughs> 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 uh, it's like the Mount Rushmore and like the reverse world in the Zelda game it's like the <laughs> it's just all the bad stuff <laughs> no I'm not a I don't know. If you watch that, you can let me know how it is. It it seems a little bit like I mean the before. I, I'm not surprised she's nominated just by what I've seen in the trailer. So unlike Michelle Williams, I've seen Kate Blanchett in a handful of things, and yeah. I do think she's a fantastic actress. Mm-hmm. So I'm not surprised she's nominated. I think she's probably going to win it. Um, that movie though, I don't think will fare well for any of the other categories. No, I doubt it. I doubt it. I. I did coming into this. I I thought maybe Michelle Yeoh would would take it home, but um, this model is not looking good for her. No, no. Kate Blanchett is has a fifty two point nine percent chance versus a twenty six point three. Yeah, I. It's all along. It's kind of been. It seemed like she's been dragging that movie, kicking and screaming to, like the nominations from the 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 people I've read and listened to. Doesn't seem like anyone was like super impressed with the movie, but everyone mm. seems to be impressed with her. Interesting. Okay. <clears throat> Actress in a supporting role. Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Hong Chow for The Whale. Carrie Condon, The Banshees of Anna Sharon. Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Stephanie Sue for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Carrie Condon. She was the sister of Banshees. Why did I think that her name was something different? I don't know. Why did you think that? I have no idea. I don't know what I thought it was, but I definitely didn't think that. Um, of these, I have seen one, two, three of these performances. Um, 
four of these performances. Yep. I would... My my pick would probably be Carrie Condon. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um... I will. I will give Jamie Lee Curtis credit. She would be. She's a close second for me for just going full eleven in that role. Yeah, Um, it's it's for that that whole thing. Circle in the receipt tap. There was something about the entire thing. I it would be pretty awesome if she won, and I would be happy about it. It was. It's an unexpected nomination. It's not something I would have really considered nominating her for. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm gonna be honest. This is kind of a weak class for this one. Um, mm. I I did think Stephanie Sue was 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 good. She was really good. Um, I don't they, think it's a best supporting actress role, though. Yeah, uh, I mean they did put a lot of the dramatic weight on her mm. in the movie, um, and she did get to you know go weird with some of the aspects of the movie too, which is cool. Um, <clears throat> we love how Hong Chao pronounces tortillas, but that's in a different movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> these are tortillas <laughs> and Angela Bassett's pretty much great in everything she's in but I wouldn't really nominate her for that specific role yeah. in this specific movie I, I agree I to me I I would think it's a pretty clear choice of Carrie Condon that, that's where I would go I would mm-hmm. think that would be the person who would win as well I thought she was great I thought she was I, I that, there was something about that performance that does feel very support like best supporting actress like this was a, it was a standout performance it was it was great um she's my pick for sure but this this model has Angela bassett at the top with 39.8 percent Jamie Lee Curtis coming in close at 26.8 and Carrie Condon at 22.1 yeah. and 70 Shu and Hong uh, Hong Chao was that I think so. Is uh, four point seven. So they're they they're barely they're like not in the running according to this model. But huh. um, interesting. We'll see how that goes. All right. Now we can be discerning with what we choose to do from here on. Would you like to do feature film or no? Animated. What? Oh, sorry. Animated feature film. Rather. And uh, read them. Read the nominees real quick. So we have Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with shoes on, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. The Sea Beast and Turning Red. Gotcha. Okay. We don't really have to make any picks since we didn't see any of these. Uh, the model has uh, Pinocchio. It's not a question on the model. Pinocchio is winning. Yeah. I mean, from what I've heard, I, I would be surprised if they, that one did. Cinematography. Intra- I'm just going to. Uh, we're not going to probably go through it, but I, the documentary one was just under that in the model for me, which I think is probably the most interesting. Is it the tightest race that I've seen in on this? This little report, which is kind of cool. But anyway, cinematography. Cinematography. You have All Quiet on the Western Front. Mm. Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar. I've seen one and a half of these movies. I would pick, like, from trailers alone, I would pick Elvis. Yeah, I mean, I we both remarked that we enjoyed somehow All Quiet was shot, but... Like Elvis, even early on in the movie, like there's already, I'm, some of it's too much for me. I mean, I think it's just a a, a Baz Luhrmann thing. Yeah, like I'm, and I'm not like really all like for his style overall, but like I can appreciate aspects of it. Some of it is yeah, super slickly shot, and some of these like quick transitions is 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 kind of intoxicating. Um, and like the way that scene that was shot was like the extended cut that was when that movie was first kind of teased last year, where 
uh, it's early on in the movie when he's first does his first major performance and cool. the girls go nuts. Like it, like that whole scene is bonkers. And yeah. oh, part of it is really, truly how it's shot. Mm. Um, it's, it is a, a pretty singular scene in, in, in movies that I've watched of all time. Like it just like, cool. it's like I've not seen a lot of scenes like that. I think I'm going to try to get to it. I'd, I'd like to see it before. And all quiet on the Western front being on there. Like I get it, but again, we talked about this a little bit earlier. 1917 is the one. (laughs) Yeah. That one, that one was better. Different year. Yeah. Costume design. Could be better. (laughs) Babylon, Black Panther, Wakanda forever. Elvis, everything everywhere all at once. And Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Um, I have seen four of these five movies. I, this is not a super inspiring, um, choices. Like, cause like nothing in here was like unconventional when it's all just like period pieces. Like I'm kind of like to a certain extent, I'm like, whatever, but yeah, I, I would actually give this to Babylon just cause I mean, when you consider the sheer size of the cast and some of the ridiculous shit, some of these people are wearing, mm-hmm. um, and how some of it is like very period specific, like, I would give it that one. Like it's probably the only thing it can win for. So this is definitely a tough category for me to even have any sort of judgment in because it's not something that I really pay that much attention to. That being said, Wakanda forever. Like there's a lot of really interesting costumes. That's true too. Like Uh, it's, uh, you know, it is a worthy candidate. You know, they develop an entire, an entire wardrobe for an under the sea, like (laughs) mutant, that's a that's a good point, and also you know when you when you consider like some like the ceremonial like stuff that like the yeah wear, all, like, they have a couple of like funerals like that that stuff's pretty cool. There's something really cool about like the, the, there seems to be like this mixture of like like ancient tribe like wardrobes and accessories, but like in this in in a in in like an advanced like technology state like so like to to merge those two things and to have it feel right. I feel like it's a chore, like something very yeah. difficult for them to actually pull off. And they, and you don't, I feel like you do not question it for a second, like when you're watching that movie. So that's the only way I can gauge it. So I would, I'd be cool with that. Like Elvis, for example, it's like, okay, you find some pictures of the, yeah, I don't know. You know? <laughs> I mean, I gotta be honest, like the, the suit that they put on, not just the one suit, a bunch of suits they put on Austin Butler are ridiculous. Um, the suit and the prosthetic they put on Tom Hanks. Hmm. I, I would love a documentary on just how they got Tom Hanks on screen doing what he's doing. <laughs> Is it him? Is it Lerman? Like, I, right. I, don't, I don't know. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. It's right. unique. You know what I think is interesting is there's a difference in category between costume design and makeup and hairstyling. When I feel like yeah. I know there are different departments for sure, sure which definitely. I get, I get that being the separation. But for somebody like me, I feel like those. I feel like it's easier to judge those as a group. It sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it definitely seems to have a lot of overlap. Yeah. Like when something like Power of the Dog is on costume design, I'm just like, just get the fuck, just go away. Like that just, was my point about like period pieces, kind of like being like, okay, like at a certain point, there's kind of like a cap as to how seriously I can take this. Yeah, yeah. Directing. Oh, sorry. What does the model say is going to win? Oh, for costume design, Black yes. Panther. 
Oh, interesting. But it's uh, Elvis is not far behind. The others are not close. Interesting. Um, directing. Got the Banshees of Inna Sharon, Mark McDonough, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Fablemans, Steven Spielberg, Tar, Todd Field, and Trianger, Tri- Trianger, Triangle of Sadness, Ruben Ostland. Hmm. Um, I don't know. This is a tough one. I mean, it feels like this is if Steven Spielberg can't win for making a movie about himself, like he's the only person holding him back, <laughs> telling that story. <laughs> um, That's really funny. You would think he should. He should be able to clean this up. I haven't seen the movie. I've heard it's good. No one saw it. Like from a box office standpoint, like it's, mm-hmm. it was a huge flop. But I, I wonder if Steven Spielberg actually cares about that. I think he just wanted to make this movie, and that's right. fine. Like he's if anyone's earned that, he has. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I, I having only seen Banshees and everything ever all at once. I, I mean, we're talking about directing. I. It's a tough battle between those two movies for me because yeah. on the on the one hand, like the degree of difficulty on a lot of what they were doing in Banshees wasn't super high, but on the other hand, to coax out the performances that led to four acting nominations, yeah, I, I I'm with you on that. Requires a director to do pretty excellent work. I mean, and granted, I, th- uh, I think that gets overlooked a lot of times with that. Everything all everywhere all at once is up there too, though. Yeah, for totally different reasons. I mean, but, like the, they, but the, the same. All of the all of those actors are up. They, yeah, they were, and they were all good. I think we we've been by and large leaning more towards the Banshees actors, but like that too. But that one had what stands out to me from a directing standpoint with that movie is, is different. It's like just the audacity of the premise and the ability to execute that and communicate it on screen in a way that Mm. is visually and narratively and emotionally satisfying is a pretty incredible achievement. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Banshees is my pick for director. Um, Okay. But I feel like everything everywhere all at once is going to win. And the model agrees. (laughs) Okay. I'm going back and forth between those two to me. And again, going with, I've only seen those two movies. I honestly don't know what I want to go with because I, I think that the cases for both of them, despite being pretty substantially different in a lot of ways, I don't know. I'm gonna, I feel like I'm going to go back and forth on this all the way up until it's announced and then it's going to end up being the Fablemans and I, it's not going to matter that I never chose. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I I would go with Banshees. I, I would probably reverse these on Best Picture. Yeah, but from that, dr- that's where I mean, that's where I am. I that, uh, everything you know, you already know this from our talk on yeah. that movie. But everything, everywhere, all at once is my pick for best picture. But from a direction standpoint, to to get all of that out of that cast, mm-hmm. like there's no reason, like th- none of what happened in that movie should work. Yeah. I think that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. You can, you might be able to say the same thing about everything everywhere all at once, though. Too. Yeah, that's 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 hot dog. They made hot dog fingers work. Uh, it's a movie. Well, I disagree. I hate those so much. Uh, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it with everything inside. Um, <laughs> that's a movie that probably couldn't have been made fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. or like if it was, it wouldn't have been nominated for fuck all. Right. Um. Do we care about documentary feature film? Do you want me to just read the 
Not my eh, you can skip it. Okay. What about documentary short film? No, okay. <laughs> film editing? Sure. We have Banshees, Elvis, Everything Everywhere, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. Hmm. So, without having seen it, I feel like Elvis would have been a shoo-in. Yeah, I mean, I would... I saw all the tar on this list. I would go with Elvis, even with, like I said, only having watched not quite half of it. And then on the other hand... Although you could argue sometimes that they don't really edit it, because, like, scenes mm. don't quite end. Mm. But, like, that's like a an act of choice, and it kind of, like bleeds from one thing to the next in a right. way that feels Which very intentional. Which is a style and, yeah. a, and, a, and a craft in itself, right? It's intentional. The And on the on the flip side of that, something like Top Gun, to make you, like, to make that feel real has a lot to do with the editing. That's true, because like, they're jumping between pilots in planes versus actors in planes, and good luck figuring and it's out seamless. when they've changed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm gonna. I I think Top Gun might be my pick for editing. Okay. Um. What is what does the model say? The model says everything everywhere at once. Really? But, which like sure. Yeah. To me though, like hey, listen, they managed to pull off a scene in which two adult men leapt onto a <laughs> sex toy. Yeah. And it somehow worked. So. Yeah. That that was ridiculous. International feature film. You have All Quiet on the Western Front. From Germany. <laughs> because that's how these nominees are done. I don't understand why. Oh my god. Argentina 1985 from Argentina. Close from Belgium. EO from Poland. The Quiet Girl from Ireland. Weirdly, oh, The Banshees of Sharon from Ireland is not on here. It wasn't a foreign film. I... I mean, all the actors and director were all Irish, so. Yeah, but it was made and shot in English, no? I don't know, like, it, well, I, I guess it doesn't really, obviously it's the same. <laughs> but, like, I don't know how to explain what I'm, what I'm trying to say. It was made, it wasn't made internationally. Like, it was shot internationally, but it wasn't an internationally made movie. Yeah, I don't know what the rules for this, if it just has to do with, like, the distribution or like the production house. I would say probably the production company. Well, anyway, I I don't have strong feelings in this category, do you? Uh, no, I just assume I always these are always easy to predict. If the movie is also up for best picture, it's winning the international category. That's usually the case. Yeah. <laughs> Although I have heard strong things about Argentina 1985, so. Then why is it not for best picture? I don't, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. politics sometimes. Sure. Makeup and hairstyling, do we care? Uh, I guess Elvis. Next. Although the Batman's up, and you know they did a fantastic job of making the eye black around his eyes. Penguin. Penguin. That's a good point. <laughs> I, I, I totally I, agree with your very silly joke. <laughs> Penguin. I when when that movie ended and I was like I can't believe that was Colin Farrell and Kim was like ooh <laughs> I mean it's actually a strong list of nominees for this category it's all yeah, quiet on the west all quiet on the western front the Batman Black Panther Wakanda Forever Elvis and the Whale like those are all things that should be nominated for this category sure I don't have a strong opinion for what should win 
Yeah, me neither. Um, I'd be happy to see Batman take something home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be kind of cool. Um, is it up for, is Batman up for a score? Does that? Um, it's not, and I know that because it's the next category. Huh. Music, original score. All Quiet on the Western Segway. Front. Segway. <laughs> <laughs> also, all, all Quiet on the Western Front. Babylon. The Banshees of Sharon, Everything Everywhere All at Once. The Fablemans. I will say that none of these movies' songs have come up on my radio station must-have-film scores. So, I don't know. Interesting. I wouldn't be able to pick out the score, like any of the major themes or songs in any of these. Maybe Babylon, actually. but, Hmm. um, But, I don't know. I mean... Music was fine in all of these, but it didn't really like strike me in any of them. None of these movies made me like, oh shit, that that movie totally crushed it with the music. It's a tight race here, but Babylon ekes it out. Okay. That's fine with me. The music was, was good in that movie, and it's obviously a major part of it. It's a major part of the way Chazelle does his stuff, so. Mm. Uh, we have music original song. Mm-hmm. We have... Applause from Tell It Like a Woman, uh, music and lyrics by Diane Warren. Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick, music and lyrics by Lady Gaga and Blood Pop. Lift Me Up from Black Panther Wakanda Forever, mm. music by Thames Rihanna. I still feel that one. Ryan Coogler and Ludwig Goranson, lyrics by Thames and Ryan Coogler. You have Not To Not To by R. Sorry, from RRR, music by. I'm going to butcher these, so I'm not even going to bother. It's in two in, uh, people from India. I'm going to butcher their names. I've never been good with Indian names. Okay. <clears throat> this is a life from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Music by Ryan Lott, David Byrne, and Mitski. Lyric by Ryan Lott and David Byrne. I don't have much to contribute to this category, except for, like I said, Lift Me Up is still sticks with me from that movie. Um, so yeah. that, w- that would be my pick. It um, was but... uh, it was a good song. Um, it's funny this song it's talking about from Top Gun is not the song I remember from Top Gun. The song I remember from Top Gun is when they're playing that weird football game on the beach. It's not this song. Mm. Um, not that I'm saying that song should have been nominated. The two over football, this one. the two footballs. Yes. Um, it's just not. It's like the forty chess of football. Yeah. Yeah. You're both offense and defense. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how that works. But um, I don't know what song this is referring to, honestly. Yeah, me either. Um, I know people have raved about the song from RRR. Yeah, the model has that taken at home. And I have actually heard that. That does come up on that radio station. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I will say when it comes up, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Sometimes that'll happen when I'm listening to like the movie scores stuff because it'll be like, you know, a Hans Zimmer or John Williams, or it'll be like, it'll be something a little bit more low key or more mellow. But then, then all of a sudden I'm like, why am I, why, like, why am I sweating? Like, what is it going like? <laughs> why am I really anxious and intense right now? Um, and the music has picked up. Best picture. All quiet on the Western front. No. Avatar The Way of Water, <laughs> The Bans- Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, 
Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. You know my pick. My pick is Everything Everywhere All at Once. I, I That movie really just that stuck with me. It was so good. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably got as good a chance as any to win. Um, it seems to have built enough momentum that that seems to be the, the case. Um, I, I'm fine with it winning. It, it wasn't like I said, I, I really liked it. I didn't love it quite as much as you did. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that I mean, pictures in the name of the category, and I would give this to Avatar The Way of Water because I didn't think that this was an overwhelming class of Best Picture nominees. And mm. the blue and green people look like blue and green people. It, it's an achievement. Oh, it's visual effects, though. It is, but it's an achievement in filmmaking. This is for Best Picture. If Gravity That's can fair. win... If Gravity can Fuck win... that movie. That's on the list. If Gravity can win, <laughs> then why can't this movie? Yeah. And I'm not like this isn't something like I'm banging the table for where like I'm going to be offended if something else wins. Mm-hmm. But for me, I watched one, two, three, four, five, five and a half of these nominees of the five and a half I've seen. I'd give it to Avatar. Mm. Um, and the presumptive favorite is one of the movies I saw. So I feel comfortable making that. Yeah. Claim. Uh it's not it's probably it's almost certainly not gonna happen, but that's the way I would go. That would be a very interesting upset. Yeah. Well. Um this has uh everything everywhere all at once. Well well, well ahead of yeah. everything else. I mean that's that's where the momentum has gone, so mm-hmm. I would suspect that that will be the case. Granted, these are just percent chances and obviously it doesn't mean anything, but sure. Um and like I said, I'm I'm fine with that. It's not a super strong class, so I don't feel super strongly about anyone winning or losing. <laughs> just announced the best picture, and they're like Moonlight. Wait, what what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder in a weaker class, in a time when there was an opportunity for the box office and like to be reestablished, and getting a couple of major nominees for quote unquote the people, if it was only Top Gun Maverick or only Avatar nominated if one of them would win it, but if the mm. two of them will detract from each other because mm. they're, they're both like the big box office, like sensation type of movies. There's something about Maverick where like, I just don't get it being on this list. I really, really liked it. It's a lot of the same argument I just made for Avatar where it's like, it's an achievement in filmmaking. So yeah. I think to a lesser extent, but like it's a similar argument. Yeah, and I'm on the side of I guess it's like of like it's it's but it's that's picking one of the pretty incredible things that it's doing and using that as the prop for putting it in best picture, right? Like I think the thing for Top Gun Maverick is the sound and the editing, right? But the the story itself is fine. The movie itself is fun. It's really like it's a good it's a good movie. It's incredibly better than like it's so much better than Top Gun. Like it's an actually it's a good movie. Yeah, we're talking is not a good movie. <laughs> um, I've I've enjoyed it here and there, but it's not a good movie. Mm-hmm. This is great. Like it's like it's a really like, but it also can't exist without Top Gun, which yeah. is really funny too. Um, but production design. Do we uh do we care? Sure. All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar: The Way of Water, Babylon, Elvis, The Fablemans. 
So it sounds like from your rundown that Babylon would probably win that. I I mean I would think it has a a strong chance. Again, this is one of like the few things where like it has a chance to compete because I mean there is a scene like when I say early on in the movie, I mean after the 45 minute cold open. Um so like the first half of the movie where it shows a day in the life of these silent movies being made, which was a cocaine snort, but also pretty fascinating. Hmm. I'm assuming it's pretty true to what was going on there. And I was so unprepared for what that looked like. <laughs> they were shooting like 50 movies in a patch of desert all at the same time. <laughs> And it that was just amazing. Pure chaos. Like it was literally <clears throat> like you walked two feet and you were leaving the set of one movie and you were on the set of another movie. And because it didn't matter because they didn't have to worry about the sound. Right. Um, it, it was actually that was a really cool sequence. And them building and destroying those sets, like while all of that's going on, was really cool. And it's kind of meta for this um this category. Um hmm. as well as like so many other scenes. So like to me, I, like I'd be okay with it winning for that. Um, it's pretty impressive. Cool. Um, I I would say probably to whatever extent though. Like, oh, this is a pretty work worthy category. Like the amount of work done on these sets for yeah. all of them is is pretty gargantuan. Yeah. The uh, the model has Babylon taking it. Yeah, that's not surprising. Considering in a lot of ways, it's a love letter to Hollywood. I mean, like they 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 tend to like that stuff. Mm-hmm. Short film animated. No. Short film live action. No. Sound. Okay. Top Gun. Next. <laughs> um, the nominees were All Quiet, Avatar, The Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Visual effects. Avatar. Next. I concur. <laughs> it's, it's um. It's like don't don't even. I mean. You, if you want to nod yeah, at something gonna, else, that's I'm gonna, fine. I'm just but. gonna read the competitors: All Quiet, The Batman, Black Panther, Top Gun, Maverick. So, I would say the uh, obviously, like this one doesn't really seem like a, a question, but the practical effects of the Batman were pretty strong. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I love some practical effects. Writing adapted screenplay: All Quiet, Glass Onion, Living. Top Gun Maverick, Women Talking. This is a weird category. This is a weird category. Um, the model has women talking. Really? Uh, yep. Yeah. I'm not sure what that's I, adapting exactly. I'm guessing it's a book, but... I don't know. We read about this category. It could fucking be anything. A thought? Yeah. No, no, I'm just... I'm just somebody had a thought, and then somebody else made the movie, so it's adapted. I'm saying that out of mostly like curiosity. Like we had that. I I'm curious too. I, I don't know. Well, oh, isn't it based on a true? It's based on a true story. That's why. Okay. That's that would make it the adapted screenplay. That that's correct. Um, um, I'm torn on the all quiet thing. The adaptation stuff. When I'm like have a connection, I thought like loved the movie or the book, but like when I have a connection to the source material. I can have a hard time parsing what I feel about an adaptation in those respects. Mm. 
I didn't like this adaptation doesn't mean that other people should or shouldn't like it. It just wasn't for me. Um, I mean, if you want to, you can make an argument that like what you were saying before, the fact that the original Top Gun was bad and that this one was good. That's a <laughs> hell of an adaptation. Yeah, that's fair. Glass Onion, um, though. Glass Onion is my pick. I, <laughs> I, it's certainly I mean, a fun pick. We've reached an infraction point at going through this list. <laughs> no, I'm just, it's such a weird category. Like, I don't know how to tackle it. Yeah, what it is, is, what it is, is your mom I really have nothing to say. Women talking, which makes sense. I oh, feel yeah. like um, from, well, I guess some of these are up for best picture, but I think this also hints at something else. It's like the others are, this one probably is a deserving best picture nominee then because it's, it's like so far ahead of the others yeah. that are also in the best picture category. I don't know. Something tells me that I should probably watch this one. Okay. But, uh, writing original screenplay. Banshees, Everything Everywhere, The Fablemans, Tar, Triangle of Sadness. I don't... I, I Screenplay? I guess Banshees, again. Similar to, like, the directing thing. Like, it's a, I feel like it's a an interestingly complex screenplay, whereas Everything Everywhere All at Once, it actually fumbles the complexities of the story... Yes, that was that was my criticism somewhat of that the movie when we did it a, a while back. So yeah, um, so it feels like it shouldn't really even be in the category for that. Like because like that one of the I feel like one of the key elements of a screenplay is conveying to you the whole story, right? Like yeah. I should be able to read the dialogue and understand what's going on, but like they definitely just it's it's funky. I'll yeah. go banshees on this one. I um I would probably agree. Um, I get like I really only saw those two movies, so um, I wonder if the the Fablemans get some love on this. But um, I would go Banshees. I mean, the dialogue in, in a lot of it was really strong. So mm. the um, the model has everything everywhere all at once at thirty nine point eight, and Banshees at thirty six point six. So it's a it's a tight race. Okay. Well, that's it. That's the end of our list. Wow. That's our roster. That's it. That's that's flits. That's uh. I swear, I only filled the glass once. <laughs> <laughs> um, but neat. I'm looking forward to this. I love the. I love watching the Academy Awards. I don't even. I love the. It, the it's just fun. It's just fun. I'm hoping that it doesn't get awkward this year. I mean, it can't be. There can't be a situation that exceeds. Will Smith getting up out of nowhere and slapping Chris Rock. Yeah. Except uh, for Jimmy Kimmel doing a skit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Someone's getting slapped comically. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Do they clutch their pearls and act like it didn't happen or do they play into it? I don't know. I think you got to play into it. I mean, that's what I would do. I'm just wondering what the Academy would do. I think that they slap everybody before they hand them the award. It'd Every be, category. <laughs> Honestly, Bam. even though it would be, it would get a little bit tedious and exhausting. I think it would be kind of funny that every time someone they could they could Family Guy joke it. I think every time someone came up to present an award, <laughs> someone who wasn't nominated, somebody in the audience, someone who wasn't nominated, just keeps getting up and like walking up to slap them. Yeah. No, somebody who was nominated and also says, "Keep my name out of your mouth." Actually, that that would be pretty funny. <laughs> the winner is sorry, a significant other. 
of somebody who was nominated <laughs> comes up and slaps the person. The winner is and someone gets slapped. <laughs> Keep my wife's name. <laughs> uh, um, Stupid. But it's it, it should be fun. I'm excited to come down Sunday. I'm sure we'll uh, do some shenanigans. It'll mm. be a good time. Indeed. Um, that's all for Flicks and a Whisk. I have had a, a bit too much whisk to do that terrible accent again. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed and uh, check us out weekly. And, you know, check out the website. Brian did his, like, 100th review on the yeah. spintune.com, which we were supposed to mention, like, a month ago. And we forgot that's right. To. Probably at 110 or something at this point. <laughs> yeah, I hope uh, I hope everyone stays tuned for the last word on the Manda watch, and uh, we're gonna do that in five, four, three. Two, one. Amanda watch. What do you want to start? Do you want to start with Last of Us? Or do you want to start with Amanda watch? Let's start with Let's start with Amanda watch because I feel like it's less to, less to talk about. Okay. Um, so you said you only watched episode one. Just the first episode, yeah. Okay. Um, good, entertaining, ready to get back into it. I will say uh, I was kind of a little bummed that I just had the one on release day instead of like two. I feel yeah. like it's a lot of it's a lot of like stage setting. Yeah, it's they left themselves in an awkward position with doing that weird book of Boba Fett. Yeah. The Boba Fett thing because during like the previously on, they did some of the stuff from that, but not all of it. So like they handheld like him being exiled, but they didn't handhold the fact that Grogu disappeared and then <laughs> Right, and he's back. And also they have a new ship. Well, they sorry, they said he came back to me. Sure. Um, but then, like, they kept reiterating some of the stuff. Like, the one thing they showed in the thing where, like, the armorer is like, you're no longer Mandalorian until you do your penance. And then they spend, like, a bunch of time of, like, him re-explaining back to the armorer that I'm going to go do my penance. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, like, they're half pregnant on that, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. But to be fair, like, right before that, the sequence with a bunch of the Mandalorians fighting that giant armored included turtle not limited to the tubulous chunk (laughs) tubulous chunk yes he got some uh some some good moments there that was cool i mean that was that was a banana scene yeah that was was pure you emptied your toy box and you're having a big fight with yeah i i also have a very uh a very strong feeling towards the nubian starfighter so like i seeing that like fly in really quick which is really exciting to me yeah well especially when you watch them just getting like basically their entire asses kicked yeah and then he just came in and was just like boop and blew it up and it's like that oh, was yeah. fun like, like it's a starfighter it's meant to like fuck shit up even though it's this like tiny delicate looking thing and like yeah it's super fast but like no like we blew up a fucking capital ship with yeah. one of them to be fair like shooting from the inside but still like it's got bombs and shit like it's classic star wars this is for real Shoot it from the inside. Yeah, yeah. it's it's it, it. That was cool. That was really fun. Um, obviously, Carl Weathers really fun. Oh, he's uh, anytime he's on screen, he's just having the time of his life, which means mm-hmm. we get to have the time the time of our life. 
Um, I, I love the whole the whole thing with like <laughs> rebuilding the droid was great, and I knew it. I knew that that's where that was going to come into place play with the Babu Fricks. I don't yes. know what they were called, but I'm going to call them Baba Fricks. The Anzellans, I think. Sure. Um, um, so, but yes, what's the, better than one? Wait, like not, six of them working not, together. Not the Babu Fricks. The Babu's Frick. The Babu's Frick. <laughs> that's what this. <laughs> that's when we this this these two week span where we do <laughs> where we do the Last of Us and Manda Watch. We're going to call that post credit sequence the Babu's Frick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that was, that was funny. Uh, it, it bordered on like the form the family guy joke of, okay, we've done like where he's, it was like a, a weird splicing of the family guy overdoing the joke with the hot fuzz when they go to see the guy in the countryside mm-hmm. and he brings the old guy with the dog and also Nick Frost so that they can do layers of interpretation because like, yeah, at the beginning, like you only catch like half of what the Babu's Frick were saying. Yep. And then like Carl Weathers is doing it. Then like, it becomes less and less necessary for him to translate after a certain amount of time. But also there's something about Carl Weathers crouched in the doorway while Mando's got like his knees in his chest. Yeah. Like that kind of cracks me up. Um, just the whole stupid situation. I mean, like they're both incredibly cute and incredibly ugly. The Anzellans. Yep. Um, the weird thing where like half of what they say is English and like, they have this weird emphasis on certain words or syllables. I mean, they're just little Sicilian aliens. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like members of my family talking to each other. Could we have have Babu Frick say quantum masala? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, <laughs> um, I think it was voiced by the same person who voiced Babu. Cool. I think that that person was the actress who played Moaning Myrtle. I want to say yes. In the that sounds Harry right. Potter movies, which is such a random pull. Yeah. Um, and of course, to see an intelligent being smaller than Grogu, and for Grogu to be like, "This is now my plaything. This is my yeah. This is my, my pet. My pet. My toy." He just wanted to hug them so bad. Just want to cuddle it. And there was, I forgot what it was. There was something, was it just no touch? Like, there was something that Babu Frick screamed. Yeah, there was something that was really funny. I don't remember what it was. That I was like, I thought was funny. Like, that was like very blunt. There's also something very John Favreau about that entire sequence of like between the puppets and the force perspective and Mando sitting inside of the, <laughs> the, the lab where they're doing their work. But, like, he's sitting on the floor and his knees are up into his chest. It's a recreation of Will Ferrell in those opening scenes in Elf. I love it. Right? Because yeah, Favreau directed that, too. Mm-hmm. It's so good. <laughs> but, yeah, it's Carl, Carl Weathers in, interpreting, but continuing to after they've started speaking more clearly. Yes. So great. It's so great. And then, of course, we get Space Pirates. I'm all about Space Pirates. Yeah. That's fun. You can kill them. That's cool. Um, a little dogfight action. Yeah, that was a that was a thrilling sequence, right? Yeah, it's badass. Well, well shot. Also, like what when Grogu gets nervous, he slips back under and comes into the front seat. They're gonna have to explain the physics of that very small starfighter at some point. The gravity that it has. Not even the gravity, because like Star Wars ships have always like had artificial gravity, so like I'm fine yeah. with that part of it. Honestly, even on a okay. ship that small. 
it's just like I thought that that pod was like a totally separate unit and like, yeah. you can, like <laughs> pop in and out of it. <laughs> it's kind of cute. But. Um, but uh, and then we get the kind of wrap up where he goes talks to Bo Katan. She is miserable. He doesn't get what he needs out of her. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I won't tell you where that all leads to in the second episode, but it directly leads into second episode was really good. I thought the first episode was fine. I thought it had a lot of heavy lifting to do to bring everyone back in after being off for a while. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought it did a fine job, but um, the second episode I thought was, was pretty strong and on the back of that. I thought it was going to portend being a slow start to the season. And you know, the, the story picks up pretty substantially in the next episode. So hmm. cool. I'm excited to watch it, but all in all, I'm all for more Mando. Yeah, love it. I'm all, I'm all for. I mean, clearly we should be renaming this this sequence where we have a, a little bit of overlap, something to do with Pedro, but I I don't know what to call it. I just formed together the two different post credits show titles yeah. that we have, but we could Pedro's Pascal, <laughs> the assorted Pedro's Pascal, assorted Pedro's. <laughs> oh man sweet so on to the penultimate episode of the last of us well we had two episodes oh we didn't do the one the week prior yeah oh damn okay the week prior is one of the slower episodes but not not bad yeah just just slower i I just i described it as bill and frank light because in a lot of ways that's what it was yeah um because it's a standalone-ish episode mm-hmm. about two characters who find their way towards loving each other and all that. It's just as tragic, actually significantly more tragic. Because mm. At least Bill and Frank got like 20 years together. Yeah. Um, they got like 20 minutes together. Um, also, to be fair, um, this is much more, has much more, import towards the actual story i mean like it's a mm-hmm. flashback and we didn't advance the current day plot very much but we filled in some major big gap. details about what went on right before the start of the show which yeah. is super important and so that's cool uh but the the two actresses were really good agreed. The story was really well written it's pretty devastating how it all goes down like you know it's going to happen it is in the, some way, shape, or form, but like it's tough. Their performances in the moment where they're both bit, like where they both realize that they're bit, is just is incredible. And then like having Ellie smashing things, and I can't remember what the other girl's was name was. Riley? Riley just like sitting there kind of accepting it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It, it was, it's a moment for sure. Yeah. That whole sequence is the DLC. Yeah. I, I had heard that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great episode. Also, I, I like the way that they, you know, they kind of bookend it with um, Ellie going up the stairs. Like, like she like, doesn't really quite know how to handle this. Like she, she, she like he's telling her to leave. Should she leave? What should she do? And then ultimately, like, she's like, I'm like, you stay alive, you son of a bitch. Yep. <laughs> like <that. laughs> Which is pretty great. Um, so that was the previous week's episode. Now. Um, the second to last episode, uh, which is, it's funny because like they have been doing this cadence. It feels like of like a lot, 
slow it down a little bit, a lot slow it down, like which is cool. I'm all for it. Like it's 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 nice. However, this episode was bonkers, and next week's episode is going to be bananas. So <laughs> it's 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 uh, it's a lot to end on. I mean, um, before we get into this, and without too much spoilers, yeah, it it sounds like based on the the pace of this, the end of next week's episode will not reach the end of the game, the first game. I think it can. Really? Yeah. Okay. We'll see what they do. I don't know what their plan is, but I, I, I think it can. All right. And I, I never played it, but just from reading through Brian's review of it, I, my recollection is I, I didn't think they could get to the end of it. Mm. I didn't think they could effectively get to the end of the game, the end of this episode. There's going to be a, probably a, a jump between the two episodes. Time jump, would be my guess. You think so? Yeah. I mean, I I figured there'd be something. But... A, a time jump to cover the distance that they have to travel and to maybe they'll do some, I don't know how they're going to do it. Maybe they'll do some like in the car, like, well, not in the car. I don't know how they get there. I don't honestly know what they're I just think there's are. like, there's so many conversations that need to happen mm. in that time. And like, if you see the, preview for the next episode like there's going to be a lot of action in it mm-hmm. so i don't know how they do well, it all in one episode i it's going to be a lot of conversation a intense amount of action and then some conversation i feel like that's how they're gonna that's how they're gonna do it um all right so that's my guess i mean you you would know better than me it, to, to me my impression was i didn't think i thought they still had like too much to do I want to see, I am so curious, I, I want to see somebody's reaction who doesn't know what goes on in the final, uh, in the finale, if, if they do make it there. Um, I definitely have told Kim in the past, but I don't think she remembers, so. Yeah, I mean, I have, like, the broad strokes. Yeah. I'm forgetting a lot of the details. I know when I see it, like, they'll come back to me. Mm. Um, like, I know the gist of what goes on. Um, but for this week's episode... I thought this was really, really strong. So strong. <laughs> I mean, also somewhere. really cool to bring Troy Baker in. Yeah, uh, like super awesome. Although it is weird, uh, Brian had mentioned it to me the other day when the uh, when the actor opens his mouth that plays like the the mercenary, but it's Tommy's voice. Yeah, because you you you'll remember the like when Joel starts talking, I'm like. That's weird. <laughs> or I mean, sorry, when uh, Troy Baker starts talking, I was like, "That's that's this is so bizarre." Uh, but it is, it was, it is cool it that really they got cool. both of them incorporated, though. Yeah, as well as didn't the woman who played Marlene? That was her too. That's actually her. Yeah, she's she's in, and then Ashley Johnson is going to be in the next episode. Okay, um, which is sweet. So, but the yeah, I mean, what a twisted story, though, right? Like. This, these two guys, and like the whole like, uh, I believe everything happens for a reason, and like the whole length of that, that dark, that that <laughs> relaying of the story, basically buying time until David gets back, but to then be like, and it, you know, he, this he was killed, and funny thing is, this crazy guy was traveling with a little girl, like that whole like <clears throat> like moment is like, oh, you, I'm, I feel so unsafe. Well, <laughs> like the- <laughs> what's great about it is. Like, you have the scene with him early on, and you're not 100% sure mm-hmm. what this group is. Now, to me, I'm like, this has got to be that group, but you don't know that. You you assume that. Yeah. And then you have this whole sequence happen where 
like they're talking about, you know, they have the standoff between Ellie and them, and then the one guy goes off and they have their conversation. It's like, oh, okay. This guy's probably not done everything right all the way along, but that can be forgiven to an extent because no one can really truly do what's all right in these circumstances. Like you, you do the best you can, but sometimes you're going to be forced to do things that you don't want to. Mm. And he's going through the whole thing. And it's like, like there could be a chance now, whether she should trust him or not, that's a different conversation. But like there could be a chance. He's not the worst person in the world. And then he drops that he knows who she is. And it's like, Oh, you're incredibly manipulative. Mm-hmm. So even if there's, like a lot of truth to everything you're saying you can't trust anything you're saying right and then when you realize oh you can't trust anything that he's saying that's cute cannibals well i was gonna say <laughs> yeah yeah that's cute cannibals and then also oh and he's rapey like it's it's really it's very uncomfortable in a lot of situations yeah <laughs> but it's just like oh like we can't trust him like yeah he was manipulative he wants more than he lets on nope mm-hmm. not just that cannibals cannibals although to be Fair, it's mostly him and maybe one or two top lieutenants. Like the rest of the people, yeah, don't realize they're cannibals. <laughs> we'll bury him in the spring. No, you're eating him. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's <laughs> what I, for dinner. That's, that's, that's what I said. Is like, I because I was watching it with with Vicky at, at, that night when it came out, and I was like, they're eating them. <laughs> and she's like, what? I said. He said, oh, we're going to bury him in spring. And then, like, because, like, they got on later. It was like, oh, there's no food. Blah, blah, blah. And then, like, they're when they're making the, the sad dinner. And he's what like. What is this? Yeah, what is this? Venison. Yeah. With, like, a hard stare. And I'm like, that's what I said. I was like, oh, that's whoever. And she's like, what? I said, the guy that Joel killed, That that's him. Yeah, that's Barry's thigh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's like, what? I said. We're not burying him until spring. They have no food. They've run out of venison. They made the soup before the deer carcass shows up. And that super awkward change. That's well, that sorry. dude. They've run out of venison. This is venison. Yes. <laughs> I was like, she's like, oh. Yeah. I was like, yeah. And then we see an ear. And then- yeah, if you're going to try to keep this on lock, though, you clean up the ear, right? I mean, it's. It's not like it was like hidden like deep like under like a cabinet. Like it was just like there on the floor in yeah. the stall where they cut up the bodies. Like you couldn't have missed it there. Yeah. But also what what I did find interesting was cuz like I think you could have even had an interesting conversation there where it was like well we were forced into true desperation there. Mhm. But it wasn't a one-time thing because Joel finds like three other <laughs> bodies hanging. Yeah. I feel like they just like don't have any explanation as to who those people are. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to assume what it was is the hunting party was finding stragglers and killing, and that's who it sure. was. This is just the first time they ate one of their own. Like, yeah. They must have eaten, like, Rat Race will just kill a drifter and take his heart. Like, we'll just kill a drifter <laughs> and eat him. Yeah. But, like, this is the first time that they killed one of their own. It was like, well, we're not going to let this go to waste. Yeah. But nobody has the shakes. Well, I mean, like, those bodies weren't fully stripped. Mm. So like they probably really only just had started. Maybe it's a Taco Bell situation. Maybe they were eating like 80% venison. They might've been 
mixing it up, but I'm just wondering if it was like, well, we've only been eating person for the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, it's so creepy. Also, t- to be fair, again, I did have a bit of a problem with the end sequence when there's like all sorts of like buffoonery going on and then like they burn down a building and then like Joel shows up and rescues her at the end. Well, she rescues herself. Sorry. Joel collects her at the end, I guess is the way. Like she did the self-rescuing, but like he's the one who makes sure she gets out safely Mm -hmm. because she was about to wander off into the snow and probably get recaptured ultimately. Mm. Um, But where are the town people? So it's kind of a blizzard. Maybe I'm thinking that everybody's kind of, was it hunkered though? down? Yeah, it's not. It's not. It seems that way at first, and then it's not as pronounced. And that's my. That's my. That's my impression. I don't know. Unless I feel like whole, that could, could have been done a little bit better. Did the whole town just get the shakes right then? They, that was it. The, <laughs> it was at that moment. <laughs> but yeah, like, like other than that, like all of it was really thrilling and it was great. But I was like a little like, does no one realize like the fucking building in the center of town is burning down? Yeah. Because like I feel like that's something someone would have noticed. That was such an incredible moment, though, when Joel calls her baby girl. Oh, yeah. This is the first time that he's finally, like, not just accepted the fact that he's, like, caring for her, but, like, is embracing the fact that, like, he's basically found a new daughter to, to, to give him a chance to atone for what he feels like was a failure in the first time around. Right. Oh, man. What an incredible episode. I can't wait. I am curious. I was curious how long the next episode is going to be. Well, they already did a, a super long one for the first one. Yep. And there was one other one that was a little on longer side, wasn't there? Wasn't that? Wasn't the Bill and Frank episode? It might have been. I, like I don't a feature remember. film. Um, well, the first one was. Um, yeah. I didn't think that Bill and Frank was that long of an episode, but I, it might not have been. I don't remember for a fact. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I would expect this one to be longer. Yeah. Um, especially with like an odd number because it's only the ninth episode. Like mm-hmm. technically the first two was almost like two episodes. Um sure. but uh yeah, I don't know. I mean it's it's been a hell of a season. I, I had a, a little bit of concern after the fourth episode, like things really came to kind of a screeching halt after Bill and Frank. Um and it's really picked up and not given back at all since yeah. that point, so um, we had two really strong Ellie episodes in a row. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We've had generally like four really strong episodes in a row. Um, should be building up to an exciting conclusion. Um, did they didn't move this episode up though, right? Like it's going up against the Ox- uh, against the Oscars. Oh, that kind of sucks. Yeah, I guess so. I guess we'll watch it after. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's cool though that you'll be here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see anything about it being moved up. Because I definitely by now the week of the Super Bowl they had announced it that they were doing it Friday. Mm. Well, you know what we could probably do is we could pause the Oscars, watch it, then go back and fast forward through the commercials of the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if that works. <laughs> but cool, man. Well, thank you for hosting. You're welcome. And we'll see you all next week on our Oscars recap.